Hello, and welcome to A Smashing Theory, the Super Smash Bros. Switch Prediction Podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean, and I'd just like to say before we begin that I really appreciate the fact that even though we are recording this as an audio recording, and so you can't see us whenever Daniel says hello and welcome to A Smashing Theory, he like puts his hands on his hips Peter Pan style. <laughs> He's like, hello and welcome to, hands on hips, A Smashing Theory, and then he puts them back down. I, and I just, that's one of the things I appreciate about this show that you wouldn't know if I didn't bring it up. I, I don't think I, I say it as rambunctiously as you do, though. <laughs> no. Welcome to A Smashing Theory. I, you know, I, I punched it up a little bit us. for the sake of humor. <laughs> I added a little hyperbole in there. I might have done that. But anyway, yeah, guys, hi. Uh, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you guys know at this point, A Smashing Theory is a podcast where Sean and I predict the roster of the next Super Smash Bros. game. Yes. We go franchise by franchise, or in this episode, company by company, because... We are on part two of our third-party coverage. And uh, if you didn't know all that, of course it's entirely up to you, but I'd recommend that you go back and start with the first episode. <laughs> you, can start, you can start wherever you want, really. That's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. We established, you know, you'll miss out on the memes, on the <laughs> in-jokes. Like, if I just say, oh, triangle, then, like, Daniel knows what I mean. <laughs> and our longtime listeners know kinda what I mean. Kind of wish I didn't know what you meant. <laughs> that's and- fair. Anyway, uh, before we jump in, we <laughs> if you're a newcomer, for whatever reason, now I'm going to talk about corrections from the last episode. Sweet. I'm sure that the new <laughs> new listeners will really enjoy that. <laughs> Tell us about the corrections, uh, Daniel. So, this is less a thing that we got wrong and more something that I need to correct. Okay. I got through our entire... Bomberman segment of our last podcast without talking about Wario Blast. You bastard. Featuring Bomberman. Uh, Wario Blast was a game for the original Game Boy, and it was basically a Bomberman game uh, starring Bomberman and Wario. You could play as either character. You know, I might have heard about this before and forgotten about it. It sounds like the kind of thing you would have told me, (laughs) but this feels right now to me like very new information, and I have to say... I'm impressed with this concept. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome. Like, the idea of Wario just blowing stuff up with bombs, that's perfect, right? Right, that's exactly the kind of thing you'd expect Wario to do. Yeah, like, the gameplay is just Bomberman, but Wario's in there and it works really well. Huh. So, what I should have said back in the previous episode... Back in the day. Yeah, is that Bomberman has precedence for crossing over with Nintendo properties. All right. I think they would absolutely call back to that, you know, like, maybe even have Wario in Bomberman's reveal trailer and have them interact somehow, yeah. That's pretty good. Um, So yeah, definitely still predicting Bomberman. Have even more reasons to do it now. Yeah, that does sound like the kind of thing Sakurai would eat up. I agree. Cool. However, this is not about Bomberman or Konami. This episode is about Capcom. Bandai Namco. Bandai Namco. Yeah, you you kind of uh, you kind of got yourself in a hole there, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, it was in a bind. Yeah, you you don't know what the Bandai Namco sound is. I don't. Do they have a sound? I feel like they do, but I can't like say it off the top of my head. Definitely not as iconic as bling. <laughs> and Square Enix. Uh, now they don't have a sound. You just get like the Square Enix thing, and yeah. then you fade into some dramatic RPG music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I got to do one sound out of three. Yeah, so so your fine. bit really uh, 
really was worth it in the end. Don't make me start doing the Final Fantasy music. (laughs) (laughs) You tell me not to make you do it, and then you do it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good start to this episode. <laughs> so anyway, let's talk about ring first. Uh, <laughs> what characters would you like to discuss <laughs> in that storied franchise? All right. For that company. <laughs> so the thing about all three of these companies is that they all debuted their third-party characters in Super Smash Bros. 4. That's really wild. Yeah, so let's start with Capcom. All right. And our first veteran character from the Capcom franchise, we got two. Our first one is Mega Man. Yes, the scourge of my existence. (laughs) Uh, This was a character that Daniel played a lot when Smash 4 came out. Very cool character. Yeah, well designed and just kicked my ass all all the time. (laughs) Yeah. What's funny is I don't think he's that great in the competitive scene. But you're the low tier hero, Daniel. (laughs) This is what happens every time we play a game. You're like, oh, I'm going to play uh, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. Oh, this jump pay guy looks good. And then you just fucking destroy me. And then it turns out he's like double F tier. This happens every time. Yeah, some I guess some context in the fighting game Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. Uh, you Wait can... a minute, I can't just buzz out some anime <laughs> fighting game references on this Smash podcast? <laughs> What's your deal, man? I'm sorry, please provide the context. You're absolutely right. <laughs> There's uh there's this character Jump Pace from Persona 3 and for some reason he plays baseball in this fighting game. You literally he has a bat, you keep track of his strikes and outs. Yeah. And like there's a little baseball diamond in yeah. the lower right corner and basically whenever you you hit someone with your baseball bat, you fill in one of the one of the bases. Yeah. And uh and you can do home runs and stuff with some of your super moves. And of course, like if the bases are loaded, that's better for you than if it isn't because yeah, it's, it's literally baseball. Yeah, so basically the higher your baseball score is, the better jump pays as a character. Once you hit 10, he starts regenerating health and super meter uh and the more numbers you have, the faster he does that and the better his bad attacks get. So you can see both why he's a really cool character. I think he's a really cool character, to be clear. Yeah. And why he's low tier all in that same description. Oh, yeah. No, like, he's... The, the windup is so long. And then you just have these other characters like Shomi and Azuki who are just immediately really good. Yeah. So it's kind of tough for, you know, for people who really like playing Junpei to keep up. Yeah. Junpei is the bottom of the bottom tier. Yeah. In pretty much all iterations of that game and i maimed him i almost won a match in a tournament with him once that's really daniel's mo we may have actually discussed this on the podcast before is that he picks a character that no one plays and learns the shit out of that character so then he basically has like the element of surprise yeah like they're not used to fighting that character they don't have the matchup experience and they just get like shocked into maybe losing yeah i really do great in tournaments but uh i will say the match i almost won is Junpei. Everyone watching the match applauded, <laughs> even though I lost. <laughs> and I, I think that that's kind of all my motivation to do what I do that's, right there. That's fair. It's an addicting sensation. I can see yeah. why you do it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. But yes, Mega Man yes. was introduced to Smash in sort of the first trailer that we got for Smash 4, actually. Right, that's true. Right, it opened up with Villager getting some mail, and then they show some Villager gameplay partway through, and then it looked like the trailer was about to end. But then we get this additional scene (laughs) where, like, a bunch of 
Smash characters, like, look into the distance, and then atop a mountain, you see a silhouette, and then Mega Man's helmet lights up, and you you see Mega Man, and uh, I went fucking bonkers. No, that was, that was a really cool reveal, and I loved, especially, I think for me, the most exciting part was where they were showing off how so many of Mega Man's, like, normal attacks and special abilities, like, they would show kind of the robot master that he got them yes, from. yeah. And then they would show him doing it in-game. Like, that was that was neat. Yeah, that was really amazing. The music was great in that yes. reveal. <laughs> Sean and I live together. We do. Now. We Gosh, we have for almost five years. Yeah, yeah. When Mega Man was revealed for Smash 4, we weren't living together, <laughs> but we were still very close yes. to the point where actually we would Skype each other during E3 conferences <laughs> and, and just like watch them simultaneously. We're cool guys <laughs> who do cool things on weekends and evenings. So we... <laughs> So we, and I think also our close mutual friend Tommy... I believe so, yeah. Yeah, all watched the Nintendo E3 conference together, and when Mega Man showed up, we all just screamed simultaneously. <laughs> you know, we were all, like, the Smash reveal was happening. He's like, okay, this is cool. Right. All right, Villager's yeah, cool. Villager, this, right, yeah, th- this looks yeah. nice. All right, I'm not... I'm not in, like I th- I think actually in the brief pause like <laughs> after the trailer apparently ended and before the Mega Man came in like I like I turned to you guys and I'm like okay I'm not super excited but this you know but this is so cool I I'm <laughs> right. s- you know I'm still looking forward to this game and then and then Mega Man showed up and uh just like a simultaneous wave of like ooh yeah yeah that was a yeah what a reveal especially because in the context of what Mega Man was going through as a franchise right. at that time, yeah. it looks like Capcom had given up on Mega Man at all. You right, know? Right. They they canceled several Mega Man projects. They canceled Mega Man Legends 3. They canceled that weird game where you could sort of play through it as a variety of different Mega Mans. Oh, holy shit. And design, your, and design your own levels. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, remember they, they revealed, uh-huh, like, you uh-huh. could play through as, like, Mega Man, Mega Man X, and then they revealed, like, box art Mega Man That's for it. That's right. And uh, it was called... Oh, I, my God. I think it was called Mega Man Universe or something. That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, and that looks really cool, and then they canceled it. Yeah. So, Mega Man Legends 3, in particular, was a real heartbreaker for, oh, I think, both of us, because, yeah. you know, it's funny, we relatively recently like i want to say within the, within the last couple of months we busted out mega man legends for like a night right yeah, like we, we played it and uh that game is still great it really like, is. i mean it's it's definitely like old and like you can't use the analog stick like that's how old it is <laughs> and yet the charm factor is just it like like if you imagine like one of those old timey thermostats that fills up to the ball at the top, this is like in the cartoon where it bursts through and then shoots out into the air. Yeah, super Such charming, charming game. Yeah, so charming. The dialogue is great. Yeah, and the aesthetic actually, like the game actually still looks really good. No, visually it's like completely fine. It's definitely yeah. one of the better looking PS One games. I was just thinking in terms of like. I definitely remember you struggling a bit with, like, navigating a 3D game with the D-pad exclusively. <laughs> Archaic controls, yeah. for sure. Of course, that's the kind of thing that they could have fixed in Mega Man Legends 3 if they'd made it. Yeah. But uh, that didn't wind up happening. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, we we were in this climate where Mega Man was practically a dead franchise, and yes. we were only seeing it via nods in other non-Mega Man games. Like, I think box art Mega Man showed up in Street Fighter Cross Tekken. You know, stuff like that. But he wasn't getting his own game for a while. 
Which, funnily enough, is kind of also what I was thinking about Bomberman prior to the Switch coming out. Like, I thought, like, oh, they're never going to make another Bomberman game. Yeah. Like, that's just, we're never going to see it again. And I guess that's fine. I'll just think back fondly on Bomberman 64, the second attack, the best game in the entire Bomberman franchise. And you can't tell me I'm wrong. But uh, they're back. (laughs) Bomberman's back. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because... Like, you know, Konami got to revive Bomberman. It's almost like Nintendo were the ones to revive Mega Man. Right, yeah. You know, he had this... His design was great. He looked very much like classic Mega Man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They they didn't, like, bring back his, like, Mega Man 8 design. Like, he looks <laughs> like he was pulled out of, like, some NES art. No, they did, they did a great job with that. Yeah, he looked incredible. Like, even though I grew up with the Mega Man X franchise, like I didn't really get into Mega Man until the kind of SNES era. Yeah. I would rather have the kind of classic design, I think. I think yeah. that's just emblematic of the Mega Man franchise, so I appreciated that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And, you know, Mega Man's more relevant now. We're getting Mega Man 11 by the end of the year. Sure, sure. I think, like, Nintendo's crazy, or Capcom's crazy, if they don't bring him back yeah. for five. I think that the only way it doesn't come back is that like Capcom arbitrarily changes their mind for whatever reason or wants right. to or wants to make room for some of their other IPs that they're trying to push more advertising wise. But the fact that they didn't really have anything to advertise for Mega Man when he was unveiled as uh-huh. a Smash Four character, I man, I just hope in my heart of hearts that he comes back. I know that he didn't like his his move set like mechanically like wasn't winning any originality awards but he's just implemented so well into the game he is i have to say when you were saying like you know maybe capcom just wants to get like some of their other characters in there the first thing that my mind jumped to was like excuse me nintendo-san we want you to take Mega Man out of the game so that you can put in that weird design that we did for Bionic Commando in <laughs> Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Rad Spencer. <laughs> just really, like, with, like, the stubble and everything. Just put him in there. He'll fit right in. Take oh, Mega Man out. Oh, not even Rad Spencer. Just Spencer. Yeah, with, no. With, the, uh... I'm talking the serious one. The Grimdark <laughs> one. The one from that shitty game. Just just pulls character models straight from Marvel vs. Capcom <laughs> right. Infinite. Yeah, <laughs> which it, which in and of itself was probably pulled straight from Marvel vs. Capcom 3, maybe gussied up a little bit. Yeah, oh, not gussied up very well, for <laughs> no. sure. Oh, man. Fortunately, this is not a podcast about the train wreck that was Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, or it would be much more depressing and much shorter. Oh, man, like, th- that whole thing was heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I was, I was really excited for that game when we first found out about it. Yeah, right. It was it's like, oh, two v two. They were bringing back the Infinity Stones, and then yeah, and then they had a budget where apparently they looked through our couch, found some quarters, <laughs> and said, "Let's make a video game." One other cool thing about Mega Man, I think, is mm-hmm. his final smash, yeah, Mega Legends, where he just. He just calls out like every major incarnation of Mega Man, every spin-off IP that he's had. Not every, but but the most notable ones, I think. They all show up and shoot a big old laser together. Uh like Mega I... Man Mega Man X, Mega Man Volnut from Legends, uh Mega Man EXE and the Star Force version right. of Mega Man all team up with regular Mega Man to shoot that big old laser. You know, generally speaking, 
I wish that there were less cutscene final smashes in Smash. However, that's one of the good ones. Yeah, that is one. I of like the, that one. That's a lot. probably one of the best cutscene final smashes in the game. I think so. I love it. Yes. Also, like it's it's really cool. It starts with Mega Man just like shooting out like a black hole, basically, <laughs> of his gun, and like whoever gets sucked into it ends up being caught in the cutscene. Someone pulled this off during the Smash Bros. Invitational for four, <laughs> and. <laughs> And, like, the fans screamed so loud that it, like, spiked the mic of whoever was hosting the thing. I love moments like that in fighting games where, like, something that is so outrageous happens that the sound cuts out for a couple of seconds. Right, yes. That's always fun. Oh, man. Probably not fun for the audio guy, but it's (laughs) it's fun for us at home. Yeah. Mega Man was implemented so well. I agree. Yeah. And I really, really hope he comes back. I... Man, I'll I'll be very sad if he doesn't. I double agree. So Capcom added another third-party representative to Smash 4. Yes. As a DLC character, we got Ryu. Yosh. From Street Fighter. Yeah. And this was really cool. I actually wasn't really expecting this, but it happened. Yeah, no, me neither. I wouldn't have called this one, but uh, I'm glad that it happened. Yeah. Uh, I think he was implemented in a really cool way. Mm -hmm. He... He feels like Ryu was put in a Smash Bros. game. <laughs> you, he he's very unique in that like he has his special moves, right? He has his side B and his down B. Right. In Street Fighter, Ryu and everyone else's special moves are generally done with like motions and a button, right? Like you have right. to like you have to do a quarter circle forward motion with your with your stick or with your D pad, and then press the button for him to send out his Hadoken or. I uh, do a quarter circle backward that is like press down, then down back, then back. Right. And then press kick after that in order for him to do his spinning kick move. In Smash Bros, you can just do those moves with like regular B or down B. But if you do the motion and you press B, you get a better version of that move. That's a neat little mechanic. Yeah. That's really cool. He also had like his focus attack <laughs> from Street Fighter 4. From Street Fighter 4. I really, I think it'd be great if Ryu came back. Me too. I, I think I wouldn't say no to that. Yeah, I, I am going to predict that he does okay. along with Mega Man. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they if they change up his moveset at all and like like changes like give him like a V trigger mechanic or something. <laughs> that'd be cool. Yeah, update him for Street Fighter Five. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really neat. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Either way, I think Ryu's neat. I I'm glad that he's in, and you know, a great representative of like sort of the 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 father of fighting games yes. is there, and he gets to fight with all these Nintendo characters. I might be talking a little more about Ryu later this episode. Okay, but yeah, I, I think he's in. Yeah, I um I am inclined to agree. Now so, they just have to put Sub Zero in there so that he can rip out Ryu's spine. <laughs> Sub Zero is never going to be in a Smash Bros. game. In a Smash Bros. game, he'll <laughs> rip the spine right out. <laughs> We got one veteran assist trophy, mm-hmm. and that's Elec Man from the Mega Man franchise. And, you know, he runs around, he shoots electricity, and, you know, he's he's fine, he's cool. Don't think he's going to be playable, obviously. No. And actually, it's interesting that they pick Elec Man out of, like, all the assists that Mega Man could have. Yeah, there's <laughs> there are certainly more iconic robot masters. Yeah, or even, like, Roll. Oh, yeah, that's or true. Or Proto Man, or even... So Mega Man has Rush as his animal friend, uh, Rush as his up B. Right. But you could have had the 
other animal friends like Eddie the bird or Eddie sure. Eddie like the little red square with legs. That's true. You could have had those or one of them as an assist trophy. I was thinking more in terms of like, you know, I mean, if you said to me, like, you have to choose one of the boss robots from classic Mega Man to put in Smash, yeah. I would probably go for, like, Guts Man or Cut Man first, yeah. you know, yeah. before Elec Man. Like, Elec Man is fine, yeah. as far as the representatives go, but just in terms of, like, kind of having that fan factor, I guess that's what I'd go for. Yeah, Guts Man would be cooler, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Elec Man's fine. Mm-hmm. So, in Smash 4 costumes, we actually got a bunch of Capcom representation, most of it in the Mega Man corner. Makes sense. So, yeah, we had Mega Man X, Proto Man, and Mega Man EXE costumes for the Gunner. <laughs> sure. We had a Zero costume for the Sword Fighter. I thought Zero was the most badass thing in any medium of fiction when I was a child. Yeah. And, uh,. My opinion on that has softened as time has gone on. (laughs) I I thought he was really cool. I wanted to play as him in every Mega Man game. And uh, I I guess some of that cool factor might have gotten left in the late 90s. I think so, yeah. But I I still think there's a a neatness to Zero. I still like Zero as a character. No, me too. Um, I do think that he uh, he is the most fun to play in... Dang, I can't remember what it's called. They were these uh, series of uh, Mega Man games for the Game Boy Hmm. where you could choose to play as either Mega Man or Zero at the beginning and uh, you could sort of customize your character in ways that you have not been able to in other Mega Man games. Mega Man Extreme? Yeah, I had Mega Man Extreme 2. Nice. And uh, Zero was really fun in that game. He did like kind of fighting game inputs to do his moves. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, that's cool. That's really neat. Let's let's talk about all those guys real quick before sure. we move on. I think we got all the Mega Man playable representation we need. I don't think X or Proto Man or EXE or Zero are going to be playable in Smash 5. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. However, this is a stronger candidate for sure. There are two Monster Hunter costumes. <laughs> Fun fact, Sean loves Monster Hunter. It's, <laughs> it's probably your favorite franchise of all time. It's certainly in my top three. Uh, it is definitely among them. Uh, if you guys haven't been listening to Daniel and his friend Max's fantastic podcast, Play This, they did a Monster Hunter World episode, and I was on it, and uh, I enjoyed that experience, and I recommend that you have a listen to it if you don't know whether or not you'd be into Monster Hunter, you might discover something about yourself that you would find fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Monster Hunter World was surprisingly fun game. Thank you. I, I, was, I was Thank you. Like I like I made it. <laughs> ah yes, thank you. I, I designed it myself. Yeah. I was I was fairly into it and and in Smash four we got the Hunter's armor and the Rathalos armor. Yeah. Uh, both costumes for the sword fighter. Right. They're both the outfits and gear that, like, a blade master would have. Right. In a... uh, yes. Actually, prior to Monster Hunter World, there was a distinction between blade masters, which were melee characters, and gunners, which were ranged characters, and they had, like, separate armor, and uh, it was just terrible. They really fixed that <laughs> up in the world. So, yeah, when they say blade master, that's what they mean. Okay, cool. Here's the thing. I think... I think Monster Hunter has a genuine shot 
at being in Smash 5. I think they're pretty likely. Monster Hunter is a huge franchise now. Mm-hmm. It's a franchise with a lot of Nintendo history. Right. And it's definitely like one of the three franchises that Capcom is paying the most attention to, you know, regularly releasing games for this franchise. Yes. I think it's fair to say that sort of the Monster Hunter character, or at least the Monster Hunter franchise, is pretty iconic now. I think it would deserve to be in Smash at this point. I would love that, especially because I wouldn't want Monster Hunter's entire fighting game history to just consist of Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. <laughs> like, it really sucks that they put the Monster Hunter character in that game and then nobody played it. Yeah. What's funny about that to me is I wonder if the fact that the hunter is an infinite i wonder if that lessens the hunter's chances of being in smash oh, i hope not you know like it because it might like lessen like the excitement that people would have about monster hunter being in smash bros that's not unfair i was actually thinking you know maybe instead of putting the hunter in there they could put a monster in right you play as a monster <laughs> so then i thought like well how would i put rathalos in and it would just be charizard <laughs> so maybe not actually yeah but that not... is exactly how that monster would work i don't want rathalos to be a clone character of charizard. <laughs> however if it was i would play rathalos exclusively yeah and i'm i'm sure i'm sure the monster hunter would have a lot of different moveset potential yes yeah. oh yeah yeah that's the thing like yeah they've got the relevance mm-hmm. they've got the popularity and they've got, they've got the moveset potential for yeah, sure. Like so, just, just by virtue of kind of maybe like having and switching lots of weapons or something. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. Nah, so they definitely deserve a spot. If the Monster Hunter was not an infinite, I would almost like say that like, oh yeah, Monster Hunter is probably a lock for Smash 5 mm-hmm. because Monster Hunter is such a big iconic thing and they've never been in a fighting game before. Right. Right. But now they've been in a fighting game. Yeah. Even if it was a fighting game that not a lot of people played and people didn't like. <laughs> you know, like Yeah, I get you. Like when Sakurai was coming up with characters, he's like, Oh, um, maybe the Monster Hunter. What are you guys doing with Monster Hunter? Oh, we're putting Monster Hunter in Marvel right. Capcom Infinite right now. He's like, Oh, okay, then you guys got that cover. Never mind. Give me uh give me Capcom Jeff then. <laughs> New character, Bionic Commando and Capcom Jeff. <laughs> so I'm actually have I'm having trouble. I'm I'm really on the fence with Monster Hunter. Okay. Uh, well, I hope that Monster Hunter is able to hop that fence and make their way into Smash. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Yeah, I think that'd be great. But let's talk about new characters. Ooh, let's do. So. First off, I think we should give a quick mention to Chun-Li. Mm-hmm. A very iconic Street Fighter character. Yes, many kicks. Yes. And I'll kind of reiterate what I said in the Konami and Sega episode. I think each guest franchise in Smash Bros. is going to get a maximum of one character okay. uh, for the foreseeable future. I don't think Sonic is ever going to get Tails or Knuckles, and therefore I don't think Ryu is going to get Chun-Li, even if she's really important. Sure. I think that Chun-Li would be a great assist trophy. Okay. I think so, too. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. Just comes out, does the lightning kicks, leaves. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, maybe she does her... Uh... Spinning bird kick? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. And yeah, like, I th- I think the Street Fighter, assuming they come back, will get a Street Fighter assist trophy this time. Mm-hmm. 
because the DLC characters, the DLC franchises that got added, did not get assist trophies and that kind of thing. Right. But any character that guested in the base game, any character that was there when the game launched, like Mega Man and Sonic and some of the other stuff we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. if they weren't DLC, they got an assist trophy. So I think Street Fighter will get an assist trophy this time around. Cool. I'm down for that. Chun-Li. But in terms of characters from IPs that are not represented in Smash yet mm-hmm. from Capcom, mm-hmm. Phoenix Wright. Wow. I have an objection to that. I don't really. <laughs> I would love for Phoenix Wright to be in this game. Me too. And a lot of a lot of uh, our listeners have a similar <laughs> sentiment. I guess let me just start by reading this post from Cormic on Reddit. Okay. Hey guys, love the podcast, and I've been waiting for the Capcom episode to send in my <laughs> thoughts. I'm making a bold move in predicting Phoenix Wright for Smash 5. Here are my reasons. Nintendo history. Every Ace Attorney game has debuted on Nintendo console for the past 17 years. Phoenix is basically part of the Nintendo family in my book. Okay. Relevance. Phoenix is definitely relevant. His last game is only two years old, and there's another one confirmed for the Switch, no less popularity. Ace Attorney is kind of niche in the West, but is very popular in Japan. Popular enough to get six main games, four spin-offs, a movie, two seasons of an anime, <laughs> stage plays, orchestrated performances of the soundtrack, pachinko machines. I could go on. And we got like half that shit. <laughs> yeah. But well, I'm not bitter. <laughs> are, are you sure? I, I don't... I, Objection. Feel... <laughs> moveset. I know you guys talk about moveset potential. Which is kind of a point against Phoenix, but I don't think it affects his chances. Okay. I believe that if Sakurai looks at a character and wants to mend, he will find a way to make it work, no matter who it is. That's my inspirational quote of the day. <laughs> Extra, this is just a bonus detail, but here's a Twitter image of, of the creator of Bayonetta, Sakurai, and the creator of Ace Attorney hanging out in mid-2016. ha <laughs> Okay. Maybe Shutakumi, the creator of Ace Attorney, begged for Phoenix the same way Kojima begged for Snake. LOL. Uh, very good case from Cormac, I think. Yes, thanks, Cormac, for writing. Uh, that was very entertaining to read, or to hear in my case. Yes. Dana was reading it. Um, yeah, thanks, Cormac. A lot of good evidence that you've supplied for us in the courtroom that is this podcast. Now hold it. <laughs> I don't actually have anything to say. Uh, after the hold it i think that's a really solid case the photo is funny um i didn't know that existed that's interesting <laughs> yeah they're f- enough friends to to <laughs> hang out and take a selfie together I mean, hey yeah that's the, i mean i mean that's decent friends and i do want to say about cormac's thing about moveset the thing is that phoenix wright already has a fighting game moveset he's I, been <laughs> he's been in ultimate marvel versus capcom 3 and he has one of the coolest movesets yeah. in that game. I was just thinking to myself, like, if they just ripped his moveset wholesale from MVC3, I would be completely happy with him in being included in Smash with yeah. that moveset. It's so great. Yeah, it's it's excellent. And so here's the thing. I think, I think that Capcom has a good enough relationship with Nintendo to add a third character. I'm really struggling here. I'm really stuck between whether it'll be Monster Hunter or Phoenix Wright. Okay. What do you think? you know initially i would have said monster hunter but i think you raise an excellent point with like you know mvci kind of being in development right around when sakurai would have been considering what characters to add to this game yeah 
that definitely could have put him off from including a Monster Hunter rep. Yeah. Um. So I think it could be Phoenix. Yeah. Like the the one thing is that if you look at like franchise sales, Phoenix Wright is definitely more niche. That's true. Than Monster Hunter. Monster and Monster Hunter is definitely blown up, but it's blown up particularly this year. Yes, that is true. And I think before that, it was kind of popular in Japan, but more niche here. Yeah, there was there was a steady ramping up of sales in the states uh, prior to World coming up. World just blown really all of Capcom's other games out of the water, yeah. let alone other Monster Hunter games. Yeah, it really has. But roster decisions were made presumably in 2016, right? So based on that, might be Phoenix right. Yeah, you know, I I think you might be right about that. Yeah, I and, would love I would love Phoenix Wright. Yeah, like as big a Monster Hunter fan as I am, I would almost prefer Phoenix Wright making it yeah. into the game because I think that he would be really cool. I think there's honestly, I think there's even a chance that Phoenix Wright will be in the base game, and then Monster Hunter will be added <laughs> as a DLC character because they pick up on how right. big Monster Hunter is now. I can see that. That's pretty good. Yeah, I guess. I'm going to predict Phoenix. Okay. Now. Yeah. Phoenix, That's... Phoenix, right. This one feels a little weird. I think there's definitely a chance that he won't be in. Well, you know what? Just like Mia Faye says, you turned your thinking around and that allowed you to come to this startling conclusion. I, I do want to say that Sean and I both love that franchise. If you couldn't tell. Yeah. We've <laughs> <laughs> the last 10 minutes of the podcast. We've played, we've played every game in the franchise Sean has done a let's play of the game that didn't make it to the states. Well, one of the games that didn't make it to the states. Yeah. And oh, just what what a great franchise. I'm really looking forward to whatever Ace Attorney 7 ends up being. Like if you're the kind of person who has thought about picking up Ace Attorney but said to yourself like, "I don't want to play a game about lawyers." Just check it out. It's actually really good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Definitely a cool gateway drug to the whole visual novel genre as well. Yes. But with that, let's stop talking about playable characters and start talking about bosses. Tell me about those bosses. So there weren't any traditional bosses right. in Smash 4, but Capcom got the Metor mm -hmm. uh, from from Mega Man, and I think Mega Man X, right? The the little the little yellow guys yeah, with the, yep, with yeah. the helmets. Yeah. Yeah. They they got those guys in Smash Run as little enemies you could fight. Right. And in the Wily Castle stage that we'll talk about in a hot minute, the Yellow Devil was a stage hazard. Right. And that was really cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, functionally a boss in terms of kind of how you have to deal with him. Yeah, exactly. Um, really kind of an obnoxious stage hazard, actually. <laughs> uh, not, didn't, not my favorite. Yeah, it didn't make the level very fun, but I did love that fan service of the Yellow Devil showing up. Yeah, cool, great, cool inclusion. Yeah, great iconic character. As far as new bosses go, if you guys missed the last episode, the Sega and Konami episode, I talked about how Dr. Robotnik and Dr. Wily should team up and build a big robot together to like try to smash... Sonic and Mega Man simultaneously. I take it that you still think that's true. I, I still think that'd be amazing. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if they'd they'd have the balls to cross pollinate that much, but I would absolutely fucking dig it. I would love it. I would love it so much. Let's move on to stages. Okay. So we got a couple stages from Capcom. We got the Wily Castle stage for Mega Man. One interesting thing they did 
it was on both the 3DS and the Wii U version, but the 3DS version took place in the daytime, and the Wii U version was at night. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a neat little thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Wily Castle's neat. I really like it aesthetically. I like how it's one, like, platform in the center, but, like, other platforms will move in from the sides, sort of, like, on these tracks, kind of. Right, right. And, uh... And as we just mentioned, Yellow Devil shows up, and that's kind of annoying. But I do like the stage. A lot Me of too. A lot of fun Mega Man music in there. I think it could come back. I could also see them doing something new instead. I'd be fine, I'd be fine with it coming back. Yeah, same. Nice yeah. little... I mean, you gotta have Wily Castle, right? Right. Wiley. Iconic. Yeah. Iconic as fuck. So... <laughs> so then, when Ryu was added as DLC, he also came alongside the Suzaku Castle stage. Right. It's Ryu stage in Street Fighter 2, mm-hmm. and it's been called back to in basically every Street Fighter game ever since. It was yeah. in Street Fighter 3, it was in Street Fighter 5, and kind of uh, the layout for this stage in Smash is kind of weird. Uh-huh. Uh, like, platforms are just kind of all over the place. But, you know, it's got that aesthetic, and that's fine. You know, when I was a kid, and I'd be playing Street Fighter Two on my Sega Genesis, I'd be on the Suzaku Castle stage, and, you know, you're kind of on the roof of the castle, and yeah. so you can see the kind of, uh, the roof kind of going, you know, diagonally up and down. Yeah. Uh, I thought that the parts of the roof that did that were big ass cannons. That was, what, that was what like four year old me thought, and I thought, oh man, it'd be so cool if you'd shoot those cannons on the stage. <laughs> anyway, I was wrong. I I wish you were right, though. Thank you. You know, I can I can hope that maybe they just try to do something new, like yeah, that'd be uh, fine. Because the layout was weird. Funnily enough, when I think of like iconic Street Fighter Two stages, the first thing that comes to mind for me is E Honda's stage. Where oh it's like yeah, the in the bathhouse. Yeah. yeah, I don't know that that would make a great Smash stage, but I think it's just so kind of like colorful and interesting. That yeah, it'd be fun to explore. Yeah, I agree with that actually. So let's move on to new potential stages. Uh huh. So Ryu's stage in Street Fighter Five is called the Forgotten Waterfall. Right, and it's just this pretty cool looking stage where like there's this waterfall in the background and you're like in this very lush jungle with sheep sort of hanging out on the sidelines Uh and it's a really beautiful stage actually and it's just got a really cool aesthetic really a lot of the stages in street fighter 5 are beautiful yeah they did a really good job with the stage design for the uh, stages in those games yeah in that game rather but I definitely, like, I look at the Forgotten Waterfall stage and I think of Ryu, you know? Okay. I, I think it's a great it's a great stage for him to be on. It's a cool look. And mm-hmm. even though Street Fighter V does not exist on any Nintendo platform, I still think that'd be a really cool stage for Ryu to be on. I agree. And to represent him in Smash. With any Waterfall stage, there's always the possibility of, like, having platforms that appear from behind the waterfall and oh, go yeah. back in. You know, yeah, that that'd be cool. Sonic the Hedgehog 3 type stuff. Yeah, yeah, that'd um, be neat. So I could definitely see them working something like that in there. Yeah. As far as Mega Man stages go, Wily Castle is sort of iconic as Mega Man gets. Mm-hmm. One thing I would actually kind of love is if they flipped that around and had the next stage be on Dr. Light's lab. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, kind and of have... where you go when you're... When you go like, I've got firepower now, and he's like, Mega Man, that's great, and then you go to the next stage. I love that you use his terrible Mega Man 8 voice. <laughs> I love- Mega Man, 
<laughs> Wywee's castle. Dr. Wywee's coming back, Mega Man. We gotta find him and mm-hmm. stop Dr. Wywee. What? What an awful bit of voice direction that whole game was. Yes. You're calling Bass Bass? <laughs> like, oh, man. Uh, but yes, Dr. Light's Lab would be a cool stage. I think that'd be really neat. I think they could do a lot of fun stuff with, like, robots coming in and out and changing the stage or yeah. you know, something like that. Yeah, like, uh, you could even have Roll and Dr. Light themselves huh. sort of little stage hazards That's that, true. that change things up. Yeah. Roll like vacuums up a platform or something. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. That that'd be a fun stage. Much more lighthearted and less intense than Wiley Castle. But sometimes Mega Man's more lighthearted. Yeah, a lot of the time, especially the original. Oh know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Old school. Mega Man X is just kind of very like Mega Man. <laughs> we gotta defeat the Mavericks and stop Sigma. This is what Zero sounds like for some reason now. Oh boy, I guess. <laughs> Mega Man! <laughs> I'm going to stop doing that now. You did that to yourself. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, since we're thinking Phoenix Wright might be in the game now, uh huh. the courtroom <laughs> would actually be a really great Smash stage. I do. I So, I'm going to agree with you primarily because I think the judge would be a great stage hazard. Yeah. You know, like, it could transition to, like, the nightmare moment from Phoenix Wright 2, and you could, like, bring the the gavel down on everybody. Yeah, that'd be great. I think that uh, there's there's definitely some entertaining stuff that you could do with the courtroom as a stage. Yeah. No, that'd be a lot of fun. I think also it's worth considering... If Monster Hunter winds up making an appearance, presumably you would also want a Monster Hunter stage. Yes. And I think that there's a lot you could do there. I mean, obviously there are kind of the zones that you venture out into when you're monster hunting. Yeah. I think it'd almost be more fun to just make like one of the hub towns into a stage. Oh. And kind of have all the NPCs walking around and doing different things. Maybe like a monster rampages through at one point, you know. Okay. That's kind of the direction that I would go in if, if I we're adding monster hunter to smash nice yeah i like that that'd be cool thank you so items there weren't any capcom related items in smash 4 right and i'm kind of blanking on what they could do for items in smash 5 so this is dumb but i'm going to say it anyway you'd be able to pick up like the barbecue spit from monster hunter (laughs) And then throw it at another player, and if it hits them, they have to stand there and do the mini game where they're cranking the meat, and they're just stuck until it's over. That's really funny. <laughs> That's really funny. I like that. Thank you. Okay, cool. Then let's move on to soundtrack. Okay. So, as mentioning in the last episode that some third parties are kind of weird about soundtracks, mm-hmm. and whether they let Nintendo remix any of their music... Sega, very notably, did not really let that happen. Right. And Konami only really let a couple tracks of that happen. Capcom is the opposite of weird (laughs) about this. They were like, okay, you want to do Mega Man? Yeah, remix as much of his friggin' music as you want. So much of it sounds so good. This is a lesson that Sega should learn. Yeah, there is this great Mega Man 2 medley that was the... I'm pretty sure that was what played in Mega Man's trailer. And uh, it's just really jamming and awesome. Yeah. It sounds great. It's it's real good. Um, they remix several Robot Master themes, like Cut Man, 
and Quick Man and Shadow Man. I love Shadow Man's theme just generally, yeah. but I also think that it's really good in Smash. Yes, it's it's really good in Smash. Quick Man's theme is notable because it is remixed by Ace, the guys that do Xenoblade Chronicles' oh, music. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, and it it sounds real good. Yeah. Just a lot of really great remixes of Mega Man. And then they didn't even stop there, even though they must have had short notice on the whole Ryu DLC thing. Right. They they got a couple Street Fighter remixes in there. So <laughs> Street Fighter got got Ryu's theme three times and Ken's theme three times. <laughs> Two of each were just, you know, just cut and pasted from some right. of the older Street Fighter games, like Street Fighter 2 and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Ken's theme got a remix. It sounds really great. And Ryu got a remix of his theme from Yoko Shimomura, the person oh. who wrote his original <laughs> theme. That's cool. Not only did she write his original theme, but she hasn't really been back to do Street Fighter music in the right. last couple of decades. Because she wrote all the Street Fighter Two music, like Guile's theme, mm-hmm. that iconic theme that was written by Yoko Shimomura, who went on to do Kingdom Hearts and stuff. She did that all for Street Fighter Two, and then she left and didn't really make music for the Street Fighter franchise after that. Wow. So she came back and remixed Reuse theme, and it sounds pretty good. It's like seeing her baby for the first time in 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So in terms of new tracks, I think some great stuff got brought in and remixed and stuff, but Mm -hmm. I think there's still room for some other cool themes. I think think Proto Man could use a remix of his theme, especially like that whistle. Yeah. Having a little trouble with that. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. That'd be great. (laughs) I'd love just a remix of Sakura's theme because it's one of my favorite themes in the Street Fighter franchise. It is a great theme. I don't know that the relevancy to Smash in particular is necessarily there, but I do love that theme and I would love for it to be included. Yeah, you know, uh, Ryu's in there. Sakura's always thirsty for Ryu. (laughs) So it works. It's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) One theme I'd love to just be copy-pasted into there, actually, Mm -hmm. is the theme from the first version of Street Fighter 4. Like, when you turn on uh, Street Fighter 4, you'd get this basically music video with a song called Indestructible, (laughs) where it's kind of very, very cheesy and poppy. It's like, indestructible. Like, it's great. I fucking love that song. I like because I hate it because right. it's a really stupid song, but I love it. Daniel has a very long history with Street Fighter Four. He was an early adopter, played yeah. it for pretty much its entire life cycle. Yeah, that's a you know that's a Sonic song with vocals <laughs> tier song for me. <laughs> so I would love if they just dumped that right into Smash. Sure, probably won't happen. They've kind of swept that song under the rug and pretend that it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but I would love it. A Capcom franchise we haven't really been talking about yet is Dragon's Dogma. And while I don't think I don't think that it's going to get any playable representation, <laughs> Dragon's Dogma got a theme song. Like you you turn the game on, right? And you you just get sort of like this this sort of like this metal like fantasy rock like this ba 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 right it's like okay cool i I like this like 
nice, nice little mellow theme. And then suddenly these guitars kick in, and like this guy's like, the wind is pushing me. <laughs> it just like suddenly becomes the theme to a J drama. Yeah, <laughs> like like that, like immediately, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, I didn't. Are we sure that a Japanese team made this Capcom game? It seems very Western. <laughs> oh, here we are. Right. Yep. There the and there is. it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, they should just add that to a Fire Emblem stage. Oh my fit god! Right in. Yes, or or put it in a Street Fighter stage if you have to put it with Capcom stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like oh man, yeah, just put that in Smash, whatever. But since Phoenix Wright's going to be in the game, the Phoenix Wright soundtrack is phenomenal. Yeah, it's really good. So much of it, and really, you can just remix really any of the cornered themes, any of the themes that play when you show definitive evidence to the court, and you. You have the witness, you have the culprit on the ropes. Yeah. When yeah. that when that theme plays, really any of the Phoenix Wright games, whenever that happens, good music is playing. Yes. But especially from the first game, mm-hmm. Corner 2001 is that getting a Smash remix would make my fucking decade. I think that makes the most sense. You know, especially like going back to the first game, that's such an iconic theme, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. However, for my money, Dual Destinies has the best Phoenix Wright soundtrack of all time. Oh, man, it's really good. Oh, man, Athena Sykes' Objection theme Uh needs to get a remix for Smash. Really can just copy-paste that in and that'd be fine, but it needs a remix for Smash. I'm down. Actually, Athena Sykes or Apollo, as an assist trophy, oh, no. Oh no, missiles the assist trophy for Phoenix Wright. <laughs> of course. The fucking police dog just like zipping through. Or it could be Gumshoe, like, <laughs> it could be Dick Gumshoe from Phoenix Wright, like holding missile, and then he puts him down, and missile just like shoots off the stage, and Gumshoe like chases him. That would be great. Yeah. Basically, what we're saying is Capcom make Phoenix Wright fighting game. <laughs> That's all we're saying. Oh, man. It actually makes me really sad because there is this game, Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Yeah. And they almost put Francisca Von Karma in as a playable character. Oh, that would have been so great. Yeah, with her whip and stuff. It's never happened. And I'm sad. Yeah. Let's read some listener mail. Let's do it. The King Weavile on Reddit says, Resident Evil. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I feel like if we're getting another Capcom character, it's going to be from a separate universe for maximum Capcom representation. Alongside Mega Man and Street Fighter, Resident Evil completes the trio of iconic Capcom series. Characters, I see us getting either Chris Redfield or Leon Kennedy. Okay. Stages, maybe an Umbrella Laboratory. Sure. Some counter-arguments. Resident Evil is M-rated, so is Metal Gear and Bayonetta. <laughs> characters use guns. So do Snake and Bayonetta. (laughs) (laughs) Now, first of all, the King Weavile, I would like to say that I'm a huge Resident Evil fan. Oh, yeah. I love that franchise um, a whole lot. I think that it's fantastic. I'm a big fan of the remake for the GameCube and Resident Evil Zero in particular, but I love them all, even six. Mm. Having said that, I think you bring up a really good point about the fact that characters from M-rated games that feature fairly mature themes have been included uh, before in Smash. I There is something about the content of Resident Evil in particular that sets it apart for me yeah. from Bayonetta and Metal Gear. 
I think there's much more of a focus on kind of blood and gore and guts and things like that. Yeah. And so that does kind of put me off a little bit from the idea of there being Resident Evil representation. Yeah. And (laughs) what would actually be funny is if they took a character like Leon Mm -hmm. and they gave him Snake's moveset. That would be great. Yeah. But you're right. I think... I think also maybe Metal Gear and Bayonetta have a bit more of a capacity for goofiness. Yes. Than Resident Evil. Not that Resident Evil has never been goofy. Right. I do think that the goofiness is often not intentional. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's often just kind of a byproduct of them writing the game. Uh, But but no, yeah, I um, I think that I think that by and large, Resident Evil is a franchise that takes itself very seriously. Whether or not it's interpreted seriously is another question. Yeah. Yeah, although I think Metal Gear can take itself pretty seriously also. But that other, is very true. But other times, other... Kojima just kind of fucks around. <laughs> right. And that's fine. Yeah. That's some of my favorite Kojima is fucking around Kojima. That it is. Uh, since we've also already read uh, that Phoenix Wright mail, let's move on to Bandai Namco. All right. The old BN. Let's just start with characters, or should I say character? Mm-hmm. Uh, we got one Namco character, and... Uh, one thing we should probably note, uh, it's pretty cool, Bandai Namco developed this game alongside Sakurai. They developed Smash 4, and it's heavily rumored that they're also developing Smash 5 with Sakurai. Ooh. And I, I think that's a pretty safe bet, TBH. Okay. Uh, back when Smash 4 was wrapping up development, uh, there was a Bandai Namco job listing for Smash 6. <laughs> wow. And I, I think what they kind of did there was like, you know, uh, 3DS and Wii U version count as 4 and 5, respectively. I see. So they were already recruiting for Smash Switch around that time. Right. Which they were calling Smash 6, like, internally or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And okay. And pretty recently, a guy that used to work at Bandai Namco uh, just posted, like, uh, I... I left the studio before they started working on Smash Switch, but they are using the rendering software that I designed. <laughs> and then a lot of people were like, what? Uh, Bandai Namco's, what? <laughs> so are they working on that? And then he deleted his tweet. Oh, boy. <laughs> so hope he's doing okay. Yeah, hopefully he hasn't been taken out by the Bandai Namco mafia. <laughs> They all dress in Pac-Man costumes and then murder you. Waka, 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 bitch. <laughs> so, so Pac-Man yes. is really a fantastic representative. Yes, very well implemented. Yes, and, you know, he's he's a great example of Smash using their guest roster to sort of showcase video gaming history. Yes. In his reveal trailer, they they utilize a lot of that classic pizza with a slice taken out shape. <laughs> that is true. And uh, they even like sort of show at the end of the Pac-Man trailer, uh, like him hanging out with Mr. Game and Watch, and pointing out that they were both made in 1980, uh, which makes them the oldest video game characters in the game. That's so wild. Yeah, like they are older than Donkey Kong and Mario. Oh my god. Does that mean they're almost 50 years old? 2010? They're almost 40 years old. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 40, man. 40th anniversary coming up. Oh, my up. God. Yeah. That's still horrifying, but less horrifying. <laughs> but his implementation was done just really well. 
first of all, his aesthetic is great. Yes. Like, I love how they did the classic look for Pac-Man and not the Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures design that was in, like, that 2012 video game. Right, right. I think a lot of people were like, well, yeah, if Pac-Man's in the game, he's just going to look like his Saturday morning cartoon version, <laughs> like a 3D animated Saturday morning cartoon. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. And, and actually, it's funny, Sakurai actually said in an interview, he's like, yeah, I, I pitched... I pitched this classic design to Namco for Pac-Man, and they loved it, and I'm glad, because if they made me use that Saturday morning cartoon version, I might have picked another Namco character. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So yeah, definitely got that classic representation. They're really creative with his moveset. They sort of pulled from his appearance in this game called Pac-Land, where Pac-Man sort of like travels through the city and picks up power-ups and stuff rather than the original Pac-Man arcade game where he just sort of moves around a maze and right. eats pellets. Although some of that is in his Smash moveset too. Like True. his his side B makes him turn into the into his Waka Waka form mm-hmm. and and eat some pellets. Very cool. Yeah. He he throws that fire hydrant down for his down B, that's from Pac-Land. Right. And that hydrant's really fun. Yes. That hydrant's really fun. Yeah, gameplay wise it is. Yeah. And for his final smash, he turns into a giant 8-bit Pac-Man and eats some ghosts. But you're the ghost that he's eaten. Good stuff. Yeah. Just, yeah, really, really well done in this moveset. Very clear example that Sakurai can be creative with just about any character and really create a great moveset with them. Yeah. Um, Really glad he's in. I think he's a lock. I think he's definitely coming back. I am okay with that. Yeah. One notable thing about him is that a bunch... A bunch of Namco franchises are actually represented through Pac-Man's use of one of his taunts called Namco Roulette, Mm -hmm. where he sort of uh, holds his hand out dramatically, (laughs) and then, like, an 8-bit sprite from a previous Namco game is in his hand. Right. And and just a bunch of franchises are, are represented that way. But, uh, but that's, that's very minor representation and it doesn't really count. (laughs) Sure. Uh, for what, like, you know, when we'll be talking about past representation and stuff. Right. So let's talk about assist trophies real quick. The assist trophy for Pac-Man was the ghosts. That makes sense. Yeah, they, they showed up and they ghosted around. Those, uh, those sheets with holes in them just moved around the stage and hit you. Ghosts. (laughs) I don't think they'll be playable. Yeah, no, I would hope not. Let's move on to Smash 4 costumes. Okay. The first costume we got representing Namco mm-hmm. for Smash 4 was Heihachi from Tekken as a costume for the Brawler. It's so funny to me that Heihachi makes all these crossover appearances and he has such an unremarkable design. <laughs> I mean, so do a lot of characters in Tekken. Like, I think that Tekken is a cool franchise, but it's a cool franchise where a lot of characters wear, like, t-shirts and jeans. I mean... I think Heihachi is actually pretty recognizable. I think that he's recognizable, but like if you said to me, hey, Sean, you got to pick a character from Tekken, you know, to uh, appear in another game, I probably would have gone with like King mm-hmm. or somebody where they're visually interesting as well as being visually distinct. Or or maybe Jin, you know, sure, like sure. He's, uh-huh. he's got like those fiery pants. <laughs> right. Uh, actually... Jin in one of the Tekken games, I think it was maybe Tekken 4, uh, where he's got, like, this jacket with, like, flames on it. 
I thought that was the coolest fucking look when I was a kid. I was like, ooh, I'm going to get one of those jackets and be the coolest kid. And now, of course, the whole flame shirts thing is kind of a meme. Yeah. it's <laughs> Now now the only one who can pull it off is Guy Fieri. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about Heihachi. Talk about it. So in that same interview where Sakurai was talking about how he implemented Pac-Man into the game, he was talking about like, yeah, he was definitely like the Namco character I was going to use. We sort of looked at some other Namco characters, and I was thinking about Heihachi for a bit. Okay. But his movements would be hard to implement into the game. Right. Among other things. And anyway, I picked Pac-Man. But now that Pac-Man's out of the way and in the game and implemented, I think Heihachi makes a lot of sense to go back to for multiple reasons. Sure. One of them being that it'll be really easy to get him for the game. They're already working with Bandai Namco. The other reason being that Ryu's in the game now, and you can do Ryu versus Heihachi matchups. That's cute. Kind of, yeah, you know, you got Sonic versus Mario, you got Bomberman versus Mario, <laughs> and you could do Heihachi versus Ryu for the first time since 2012. That is true. That is technically true. I just am try- I'm trying to imagine a world in which Heihachi is an interesting character to play or watch, and I can't get there. Like, I, I, I have a lot of faith in Sakurai, but it's hard for me to imagine. Okay, yeah, so he's got the relevance and the popularity. Tekken 7 came out pretty recently. Mm-hmm. But you're right, his moveset potential isn't the most remarkable thing in the world, right? Right. Um, however, I think if you don't necessarily look... 100% at Heihachi's moveset, which I think they'll implement a lot of, obviously, if he's in the game. You don't 100% look at that, and you maybe look at Heihachi's history and his lore, you can have some cool stuff. There's a part in Tekken 7 where <laughs> where several like security robots shoot missiles at Heihachi, and he punches them in the opposite directions. <laughs> what if Heihachi <laughs> punches missiles at you for his side B? Oh you my know? god. What if, what if his final smash is is like he hits you in the gut and and the opponent like falls down on their knees and then he picks them up and throws them into a volcano you know god bless all of you people who really love tekken <laughs> i think that's great i wish you nothing but success i hope that all future games in the tekken franchise are as good as tekken 7 which is a very good game you can have it <laughs> <laughs> You keep it. I'm just going to stay over here in my little corner with Smash and Injustice and all that good stuff. And uh, you guys can keep tacking. That's fine. <laughs> keep it. Just, you just hang on to that. Enjoy that. My girlfriend, Amy, actually loves Tekken. She's pretty good at it. She yes. kicks my ass at it regularly. That is very true. And she hates Heihachi. She's like, <laughs> why is this guy always the face of Tekken? Really, my favorite Tekken character is Kuma. Who is yeah. just a fucking bear? You know, Kuma is actually Heihachi's bear. I I hate he Kuma could, now. He could he could show up in Heihachi's moveset if he was in Smash. Kuma needs to escape, get away from Heihachi. Kuma could like show up as an assist, like he hits side B, and Kuma like shows up and like farts on the enemy. I can't believe like. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Hello, Heihachi. I, I'd like to challenge you. Ah, uh, welcome, Ryu. First, I must feed my bear that I own, and then <laughs> we will fight. To be fair, I'm not super up to date on Tekken lore. It's possible that Kuma has defected since then. Is anyone up on Tekken? People are, of course. Yeah, of course people are up on Tekken lore. I am not. <laughs> 
But yeah, it's it's possible that Kuma has decided not to be Hihachi's bear anymore. I know that Kuma has a girlfriend, a panda. Right? Yes, that yeah. is true. But anyway, I'm actually going to predict Heihachi. What? Okay. Your, your lack of excitement like makes me wonder if I'm right now. But <laughs> I think when you look at Namco's lineup, the fact that it makes a lot of sense to put another Namco character in Smash. Okay. Like, you know, they're working on the game. Mm-hmm. That's so... I understand where you're coming from. My mindset generally, though, has been like, just in terms of like Bando Namkai's roster, I don't think that they need another character in Smash. I can see certainly why they would want one, and I could see why there would be an incentive to put one in. But just when I think about the library of potential Bandai Namco characters, and we'll discuss more of them as we go. Yes. I don't know, man. Like, I think out of all of the third parties that we're going to be talking about, this one has the least for me in terms of like, oh, yeah, so-and-so should definitely be in there. I I feel you, but I think there's a a lot of different elements to why Capcom puts third-party characters in the Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. And I think their notability is a big reason, obviously, and sure. that, and the excitement that they would generate. But also, sometimes it's just due to the relationships that Nintendo has with these companies. That's true. And I think, I think if you're going to have Bandai Namco make a video game for you... Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it's like, okay, cool, you made Smash 4 for us. Why don't we put Pac-Man in there? Great. But it's like, okay, we're making Smash 5. We don't want any of your other characters. Do not give them to us. <laughs> Please do not give us any more of your characters. Like, I, I just see, like, Namco being like, okay, we gave you fucking 200 of our employees to make your stupid video game, and you won't, like, represent more of our IPs? Like, this feels a bit more take than give says the Namco guy. I get where you're coming from. I mean, presumably they were also paid. Yeah, presumably they were also <laughs> paid, and I'm sure maybe they get a cut of that Smash yeah. money. I guess So I guess, you know, like, it would not surprise me if there was another Namco edition. It would not surprise me if that edition was Heihachi. I, Sean Francis, hope that it doesn't happen. <laughs> like, I hope that Namco is like, yeah, we're fine with Pac-Man. Let's just rest on our laurels and continue this as a business relationship and develop your game for the yen that you're paying us. <laughs> I kind of, I hope that that's what's going on, but we'll see. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think even if, like, Namco doesn't feel snubbed, like, a lot of Japanese companies are very just courteous with each other, you know? That's very true. I, I feel like Nintendo would just want to give Namco another character just like as a courtesy as a thank you for for working with us okay so i'm i am predicting heihachi all right uh, i you know it it won't really blow my top off to see him revealed <laughs> sure. but, I, but i think they could do some fun stuff like maybe it starts out as a re trailer and then heihachi shows up that's funny yeah and like i know that if sakurai thinks about it long enough he'll come up with, with like a way to make heihachi really interesting in smash like maybe Maybe he just changes the way Smash physics work. Like some of his B moves just like start a juggle state for the opponent and he can do a Tekken combo on the opponent that Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. I think there's definitely room for Heihachi to look and feel and be cool. As as cool as Heihachi can be. Right. And that's the thing too, is that like, you know, obviously I have a lot of faith in Sakurai. I think that he'll really think about how best to incorporate Heihachi in the game. And I think that he'll do it in an interesting way. I also think that, you know, that could also be done with any other character, and any other character would be more interesting than Heihachi, you know? Right. Like, there's a certain ceiling there. 
Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it yeah. goes. We'll it's, see if he makes it in. And if he makes it in, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. It's worth mentioning that the last Tekken game made more money than the last Street Fighter game. Right. And Ryu's in there. <laughs> Ryu's in there. That's true. What I'm trying to say is that Tekken has a very wide audience. There would be people that are very excited to see Heihachi in. Sure. Heihachi's got, a, like, a weirdly big audience. No, once again, you know, my objections to this are entirely personal. Yeah. Uh, this is purely Sean Francis not being excited about Heihachi being in this game, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, like, he's he wouldn't be on my wish list personally, but I am predicting him. We're making predictions, Sean. Okay. We're, we're looking at the data we have and making making some some gutsy leaps and some some reasonable crunchy logical shit is going down over here well i hope you're wrong yeah (laughs) i wouldn't i wouldn't be heartbroken if i was wrong okay but i i actually like it's it's funny a week ago i would not have predicted heiachi but the more evidence i look at the more i think it's gonna happen all right well we'll see heiachi smash five in other Smash 4 costumes that Namco got, and we'll be talking about these a bit less, uh, Lloyd Irving from Tales of Symphonia got a sword fighter costume. Okay. And he's really cool. I'd like it if he was in Smash, but he's just far less relevant. Yeah. And he hasn't really done much at all lately. So, yeah. <laughs> and Gil from Tower of Druaga, this very old Namco game, got a sword fighter costume also, and it was a great little retro wink. Yeah, nice little classic rep. Yeah, but I don't think he'll be in. No. So let's talk about new characters for a hot sec. Namco has two major fighting game franchises. One of them is Tekken. The other one is Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur. Uh, Welcome to an age of mystery. (laughs) Sorry, go on. And I think there's a lot of great characters in that franchise. It'd be really really fun. I think think probably the most iconic Soul Calibur character is probably Sophidia. Okay, Uh uh-huh. Uh, but also, like, probably Mitsurugi and Siegfried are up there. Yeah, Nightmare. Yeah. And they're all sword users. <laughs> they all use swords. And we have a lot of sword users in Smash already. We do. And I also think that between Tekken and Soul Calibur, if one of them's getting a rep, it's Tekken. Yeah, I think that's fair. Which is too bad because I like Soul Calibur better as a franchise, but what are you going to do? You you do. You do like that better. I mean, you do too. Yeah, let's I do. Let's be real. I, I do, yeah. I do like Soul Calibur <laughs> let's, let's better. Let's be real here on the real yeah. podcast of Orange County. Yeah, it's it's fun. I like Soul Calibur. Yeah. There's there's one character I would kind of love. I don't think he's super likely. Okay. But it would be very fun representation from the Bandai side of Bandai Namco. Sure. And that is Agumon from Digimon. Is Agumon the little T-Rex? Agumon's the little T-Rex. Okay. The it, thing I always think about when I think of Agumon is that his voice in the Digimon anime was really bad. Was like, hey! Oh, hello! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have to get Digi-Dollars! Or I don't know what they, what they did. <laughs> what they did that you're, uh, yeah, you're way off. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay, man. You know, it's fun to think about the way that Nintendo will sort of market and publicize these guest editions, right? Mm-hmm. Like for Smash 4, they made a big deal out of Mega Man and Pac-Man. Right. Uh, like hanging out with Mario as like sort of these pillars of, of old school games. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of funny to have like Pikachu staring really curiously at Agumon. It's, you yeah, know? That, that's exactly where I'm going yeah. with this. Like with Tekken, you've got that Heihachi and Ryu matchup, but with 
Well, with Agumon, yeah, you got Digimon and Pokemon, <laughs> these two franchises that were rivals at the beginning, you know? Well, you know, I know who the winner is going to be because, as we say in the theme song, Digimon are the champions. Digimon would not win. <laughs> like, like in a popularity like setting, Digimon would not beat Pokemon ever. You're just saying that because you haven't yet changed into digital champions to save the digital world. <laughs> <laughs> is this whole episode just going to be you quoting theme songs from old cartoons? All I'm saying is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Digimon, still fairly relevant. Definitely kind of kind of lower on the popularity level. But we actually even got some Digimon games in the West recently. Those Cyber Sleuth games. Yeah, I enjoyed watching you play Cyber Sleuths. Yeah, just Cyber Sleuth. Cyber Sleuth. Yeah, it was it was pretty fun. That was my first Digimon. Oh my god, I'm the old man now who adds an S to video game franchises. Like you're playing with your Pokemon's, you're playing Cyber Sleuths. Yeah, so, yeah, you got that Aguaman. He must love water. <laughs> <laughs> so I I had a lot of fun with Cyber Sleuth. It was. It was a cool game. Yeah, it was it was my first Digimon game too, actually. Like the first wow. Digimon RPG that I played. And I had a yeah, I had a really good time with it. So I think Agamon's relevant. I think Agamon's probably the most like iconic and popular of the Digimon. Mm-hmm. And I think there's moveset potential there. I think what would be really fun is if his moveset involved him digivolving over the course of Oh, of the match that'd be neat like you know he gets some hits in, he takes some hits and then he just levels up and becomes <laughs> like where agumon or whatever that'd be or really gray agumon he'd definitely have a fun smash with that i think so too i know something is holding me back from predicting agumon straight up yeah i definitely am experiencing a gut feeling similar to the one that you're probably experiencing right now yeah like uh like agumon would be a lot of fun but i think he's just like not popular enough that you know mm-hmm. like digimon digimon is definitely way less popular than pokemon these days it's definitely much more niche these days yes and while it'd be really great to sort of like call back to that rivalry where that they used to have where they were both like fiercely popular before pokemon just fucking smoked them <laughs> it'll be fun to call back to that i think that it's probably not happening but i love it if it did i, I see like a 15 percent chance of agumon being in that game okay I would want Agumon over Heihachi, but I think Heihachi's in and Agumon's not. I understand your logic, but I don't appreciate it. (laughs) So let's talk about Namco bosses. Okay. In Smash Run, you could run into the Puka from Dig Dug. Right. Yeah, you know, a little red ball with goggles. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, those things are cute. Yeah, they're fine. And that's that's about it. Um, (laughs) I I don't really know about new bosses from various Namco games. It's really hard to like have a boss representing Tekken. You already had the ghosts as assist trophies. Hey, how you should be the boss so that, that way he's not a character. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, what do you think? Think of any like Namco reps showing up as a boss? Uh, not really. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like uh, maybe like a Soul Calibur character that could be especially bossy. Yeah. Oh, like oh, Ogre from Tekken. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Not only that, but Ogre is actually like kind of a cool design so sure cooler yeah. than heihachi <laughs> ogre cooler than heihachi <laughs> that's that's like the boss splash screen actually right yeah 
Okay, cool. Well, let's move on to stages then. Okay. So Pac-Man got a couple stages, actually. One that was exclusive to the 3DS version, and one that was exclusive to the Wii U version. The 3DS version got Pac-Maze, where he just fought on the maze from Pac-Man, which was a cute stage. Pretty Mm -hmm. fun. Pellets. Sure. And the Wii U version, Pac-Land, was basically going through the first level of Pac-Land, like as it, like, side-scrolled. Conceptually really cool stage. A little bit grating on the eyes. Uh, the aesthetic is, you know, they were being very true to the aesthetic yeah, of that they, actual game. They used those original sprites, yeah. And it was not pretty. Yeah, yeah, a little, little rough. Those visuals didn't age very well. But still, yeah, still a fun stage. Yeah, I think either of those could come back. Mm-hmm. That'd be fine. Let's talk about new stages. Okay. I feel like Pac-Man should maybe get a new stage. And they're obviously, like, just grabbing from, like, various eras a Pac-Man history. So I think a fun stage would be Pac-Pix just as a stage. Okay. Pac-Pix was a game for the Nintendo DS. Mm-hmm. And basically it was like a showcase. It was sort of a tech demo for the DS where the gameplay was you drawing Pac-Mans with right. the stylus. And then them turning into Pac-Man and like waka walking around the screen. I remember that. And you solve various puzzles that way. It's actually a really cool stage. And I would love for you to be like sort of on this blank sheet of paper as, like, the stage AI just draws pictures of Pac-Man and ghosts and stuff that are stage hazards that you have to, like, dodge as you play on the stage. That'd be really cute. Kind of like a throwback to the uh, PictoChat stage or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Being cool. Yeah. Also, uh, if we're doing Tekken, the top of Mishima Tower would be a cool stage. Sure. You know, especially the Tekken 7 version, very, like cool like high tech the sort of mm-hmm. almost cyberpunk look mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i think that'd be a great aesthetic for smash bros that you don't really see yeah that's true yet another thing that's cooler than heihachi <laughs> yeah you gotta get heihachi in there so you can get that cool stage in put kuma in there because he's his bear <laughs> and the last stage one thing they've been doing which is really cool is just pulling a bunch of namco history into smash so i think it'd be fine if they had a namco stage that didn't represent pac-man or any playable character if they just had sort of a recreation of the arcade game mappy okay which was this game where sort of this platformer where you were a mouse policeman (laughs) dodging cats trying to get keys and stuff or something okay and there were like trampolines and stuff i think that'd be a fun smash stage sure so items Namco got a couple items, and both of them had nothing to do with Pac-Man. Right. Uh, The first was Boss Galaga, which was really cool. It was a spaceship from, or really it was uh, an enemy from Galaga, right? Right. You would throw it, and then it would sort of, like, fly around for a second and then go, like, fly up to, like, a certain part of the stage and then shoot a tractor beam down. In in the video game Galaga, the tractor beam would, like, steal your ship. Mm Mm-hmm. In Smash, it like it picks up any character caught in the tractor beam and then just lifts them off the stage. I laughed because I know that your play this co-host Max thinks <laughs> this is the worst item in the history of Smash. I think he's more okay with this one. He hates the beetle from Zelda. Right, that's yeah, the one. Because like at least 
at least like the the boss Galica makes itself really obvious. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it flies around in the stage for a while, then it shoots a huge slow tractor beam that you can see coming. You have an opportunity to dodge boss Galaga. Sure, the beetle is so fast and so small that sometimes like. The person throws it, it grabs someone, and it lifts them on the stage before you even realize that the beetle was on the stage in the first place. Right, right. Um, so, yeah. Max hates the beetle, and I I get that. Yeah. Uh, I think he's more fine with Boss Galaga. Okay. But, you know, the, <laughs> I'll tell you an item he hates, and that's the special flag. <laughs> so, the special flag... The special flag has showed up in multiple Namco games, like Rally X, and it usually shows up as an Easter egg in a lot of Namco's more old-school stuff. Okay. And in Smash, you grab the special flag, and then if you stand still with it, you lift it up, and and like, uh, and the special flag starts flashing. And if you just stand there for like five seconds, or ten seconds, or something, the special flag vanishes, and... Depending on which mode of Smash you're playing, if you're playing a timed match, your score goes up by one. And if you're playing stock, you gain a stock. God. So, you know, I was I was playing some Smash with Max, and I picked up the special flag, and he didn't know what that item did. So, like, I pick it up, and it starts flashing, and he runs to get out of the way of uh. whatever animation <laughs> is playing. And right. I gained a stock. And since I had an extra stock, I won the fucking match. Oh, God. He was very salty about that, and I, again, I I understand why. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, so... <laughs> both pretty wacky items. Mm-hmm. I could see them coming back. I could see them getting swapped out for stuff that's maybe a bit less crazy and frustrating sure to fight against um any ideas for new namco items so this is once again a stupid idea but i'm just gonna throw it out there one of my favorite pac-man games is pac-man 2 the new adventures oh man i love pac-man 2 which is this really mediocre sort of almost pseudo point and click game yeah where pac-man is kind of moving around and kind of acts on his own whims based on the emotions he's experiencing yeah and you the player are someone with a slingshot who is off screen and can influence what he's doing by like tossing items to him and shooting him or objects with the slingshot yeah as though you were participating in some sort of like psychological experiment <laughs> starring pac-man and I just really want there to be, like, like maybe you pick up the slingshot and then, like, Pac-Man from Pac-Man 2 shows up and you can, like, <laughs> kind of make him walk toward other characters and knock him out or something. Uh, I just really want some representation from that weird game to be in there. That is a very wacky idea, but I do like it. That's Thank fun. you. So let's move on to the soundtrack. Now, Namco... Another company that was more fine with getting into that remix game. Sure, always a good thing. And it had some great themes. The first was a club mix of the original Pac-Man theme by <laughs> Chip Tonica. Okay. And Chip Tonica has done stuff like the Earthbound uh, series, right? Music. Right. And uh, Chip Tonica has just done a lot of like really cool, really crazy soundtracks. Mm-hmm. And his remix of the Pac-Man theme is awesome. Pac-Man's Park slash Block Town, it's music from this game, Pac-Mania, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that the soundtrack for that game was so good 
But if the remix is any indicator, this is a theme that played during Pac-Man's reveal trailer. Okay. And uh, it's, it's groovy. It's a groovy tune. I like it a lot. Sure. Uh, I was... I was, you know, listening to some of these tracks again for research purposes, mm-hmm. and Amy was in the room when I started playing that remix, and she's like, "What? What game is this from?" <laughs> like she was into it. She's like, "What? That sounds really good." And I'm like, "Yeah, this is this is Pac-Man." <laughs> anyway, moving on to some new tracks. Mm-hmm. Tekken Seven has an amazing soundtrack. It does actually. Yeah, you it's can, got some really just, solid tunes. Yeah, you can just rip a bunch of Tekken Seven shit. Even like the character select theme with yeah. like that cascading piano thing they have yeah, going on, yeah, really yeah. groovy. Oh man, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. The Tail series has pretty good soundtracks across the board. And if you're gonna feature Agumon, you also have to include Digimon, Digital Monsters. Digimon are the champions. There's no way they have the right change into <laughs> digital champions. What? <laughs> I was. I didn't think you were done. <laughs> oh my god! All right, let's read some listener mail. Okay, go for it. Sabascent on Reddit says, "Once again, I have to be the one to shine the light on Bandai Namco's iconic helping hand, Solaire." <laughs> That's ridiculous! You cry. Well, let me break it down for you, Bucko. Dark Souls, released in 2011, was an industry-molding fantasy RPG that took the gaming world by storm. It revolutionized not only the relationship between game designer and player, but also writer and player. Its influence continues to this day. The recent God of War smash hit is a prime example, and will for a long time to come. In essence, it is easily deserving of a spot in Smash, despite its relative modernity. Furthermore... Dark Souls is coming to the Switch and will likely release before Smash 5. Almost as if the stars are aligning. No. But wait, you wail, sweat pouring down your face as your argument crumbles around you. The tone of Dark Souls is hardly fitting for a Smash game. Don't worry, it's okay to be wrong. Only through admitting our mistakes can we grow as people. I don't just have to point to Snake as another third-party character from a gritty action game produced by a prominent Japanese publisher. I simply have to turn to the sun-loving knight himself. Amidst a world of depression and anguish, Solaire is a person of joy and wholesomeness, quick with a friendly word and always willing to engage in jolly cooperation. Solaire's character would fit in just fine with Smash's atmosphere. The new game's apparent darker tone could even help them meet in the middle. He has everything required for a Smash fighter. Japanese in birth, part of a prestigious series, and instantly recognizable aesthetic. He's even getting an amiibo. Ah, don't you wish you could be so grossly incandescent? So, first of all, Sabacent, I'd just like to say thank you for writing us that, and that's how I'm going to argue with Daniel from now on for the rest of my life. Second of all, Sabacent, are you doing okay? (laughs) Is Sabacent okay? (laughs) I I just feel a lot of, uh, a lot of, like, intense energy coming from this this, uh, mail. You're not wrong. (laughs) But you know, I'm I'm glad you you shared that that level of enthusiasm with us, Abyssin. Yeah, thanks for that. So, Solaire, 
Uh, so there's interesting mm-hmm. uh, Dark Souls being represented in Smash definitely would be kind of a shocking thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. I'm not officially predicting it myself. But, no, me neither. Uh, but that would be pretty fun and interesting. And I think they could make a fun moveset out of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that he wouldn't have cool moves. I am, as someone who's kind of only peripherally aware of that character through, like, memes and things like that, mm-hmm. I am curious as to what his moves would be. Yeah, I you guess know, he could. I don't know. I guess he could praise the sun or whatever. <laughs> Uh, you know, just yeah. just shoot Dark Souls memes out of his <laughs> sun shirt. That's true. We're we don't really play Dark Souls. Sorry, guys. No, I was more of a Bloodborne guy. Yeah, which I watched you play some of. That was that was cool. Yeah, it's a cool game. Yeah, Vinny G has some more mail for us. Alrighty. Most of the Bandai Namco characters that could show up, I'm sure you two will cover in much better detail than I can. However, I would like to see a Namco Museum stage, (laughs) which is the exact kind of idea as the NES classic title screen idea that was suggested in the Retro Revivals episode. And as a reminder of what that was, uh, it was sort of uh, the the game would play out on the NES classic menu screen, but would sort of jump into various NES games, almost like traveling between them. It's basically a very like fun way to do that travel stage gimmick good idea a plus uh, yeah so he thinks that as like a namco museum that's cute uh, yeah however going to the realm of characters who would definitely be fighters in my dream version of smash but will never show up ever <laughs> i'd put tamagotchi in that's fucking genius tamagotchi can work one of two ways the first is that the fighter would be the child form of a Tamagotchi and would grow into different Tamagotchis for each move. The regular A moves would have uh, Mamechi, the little like bunny ear Tamagotchi, uh-huh. pawing at other fighters. But the regular B attack would be the crocodilian Kuchipachi, who would cry and spit out little pixel lines. The up B would be Nyorichi, the balloon, floating away. Side B would be a Maskichi and would briefly disappear while rushing forward. And down B would be the large-mouthed Terakachi, who would slide down and open their mouth to eat other items or fighters. The final smash? Oyajichi, the secret character who looks like a bald, mustachioed man, who would slam down on the entire stage Snorlax style. The other way I can see this fighter working is by using the various Tamagotchi commands as fighting moves. B would throw a ball out, side Uh, B would scold the Tamagotchi, uh uh, making a zigzag shockwave come through their mouth. Up B would place a loaf of bread, which the Tamagotchi (laughs) could use as a temporary platform. And down B would have the fighter leave a mess, which could be a temporary poisonous stage hazard. That's cute. Final smash for this one. The Tamagotchi briefly dies and becomes a ghost who can fly through the stage and give damage but not receive it. Let's all remember that Tamagotchis were a massive cultural phenomenon here in the States, and that the Tamagotchi have had three separate anime series in Japan, with the latest being adapted into English-language YouTube videos, and two feature films in 2007 and 2008. There was also a theatrically released short film of Tamagotchi released just last year. So is the idea of Tamagotchi being included in Smash so far-fetched? Yes. Yes, it is. But in the end, isn't dreaming what Tamagotchis were all about? You know, 
what Tamagotchis were actually all about. I know that both Daniel and I have stories about our parents intentionally killing our Tamagotchis because they were sick of them. <laughs> That's what Tamagotchi is all about to me. Oh, Tamagotchi man. is all about like waking up at four in the morning and feeding your fucking Tamagotchi because it won't <laughs> shut the fuck up. That's what Tamagotchi is all about. So, okay, so I'm gathering that your mom or dad like intentionally killed your Tamagotchi. Yeah. My story is not of that happening intentionally. So my mom hated Tamagotchis, hated our Tamagotchis, and my mom and my dad did not live together. Like, I, we lived with our mom, uh, visit dad in the weekends. Right. And, and so basically mom said, I'm not listening to this beeping in my house for another second. You can take your Tamagotchis to your dad's house and play with it when you're there. Uh, me and my sister Lindsay are like, but mom, our Tamagotchis will die if we don't take care of them. Right. In the week that it's like sitting at her dad's house. And she's like, I don't care. <laughs> I am an adult. There are higher stakes things in my life than your dying Tamagotchi. She said it less eloquently than this, but these are right. things I realized yeah, as yeah. I grew up and became an adult myself. Uh, so, you know, I we, we took it to her dad's house. I was like, Dad, can you take care of our Tamagotchis for us? And he's like, yeah, sure. Whatever, sure. Yeah. I'll... <laughs> I'll take care of your Tamagotchis for you. And, uh, you know, we leave and we come back two weeks later. And uh, we see our dad and dad's like, kids, you're back. The craziest thing happened. I was taking care of your Tamagotchi uh, while I was on the toilet. And I accidentally flushed it down. <laughs> so I went into the sewers to go get your Tamagotchis for you. And I found a tribe of albino alligators who had decided to worship this Tamagotchi as their new god. Well, they were distraught because their god just died. And, and they looked to me, this Tamagotchi expert, to help them. And I said, do you have a pencil <laughs> and i used the pencil to press the little button on the back of the tamagotchi and it came back to life and the albino alligators were so overjoyed that their god was alive again that they let me keep it and bring it back up to the surface with me so anyway your tamagotchis are dead <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't take care of them at all your dad's wild <laughs> uh, can't believe like it's taken us like eleven episodes for me to tell a dad story. I've got I've got a bunch of them. He's got a million of them. <laughs> um, we could make a podcast just based on that. Oh man, D- Double D Daniel's dad. I'll work on that title. <laughs> yeah, you do that. Anyway, thank you so much, Vinny, for that recommendation. I think Tamagotchi. That's a great. That's such a great idea. Yeah, feels very Sakurai. Yeah, I th- I think you're right. A little far fetched, and probably won't happen. But that would oh man, that'd be a great surprise. I think really Tamagotchi or Digimon would both be like really fun surprises. Yeah, thank you, Vinny. Yes. All right, but that slides us out of Bandai Namco and into our last one. Ooh, slide me in. Square Enix. Yes. So, Square Enix had one veteran character, but it's a doozy, Cloud from Final Fantasy VII. That is a doozy. Yeah, so he was announced as DLC, and no one really saw this coming, I don't think. No. 
mainly because Cloud has not really been attached to Nintendo in any way. He almost was when you consider the history of the PlayStation and what that very nearly was. Right, yeah, but I think back like back when they were like, yeah, let's make Final Fantasy VII for the N64, I think that story didn't even exist yet. I think right, Final, right. I think if Final Fantasy VII was on the N64, it would not be about Cloud and Tifa and everyone else. It'd be just a completely different game. Wow, interesting. Yeah, they, you know, they, they decided to you know set it in like this futuristic setting when they realized that they had the graphical power to do that on the playstation right um so you know cloud has technically been on nintendo platforms so he technically fills uh sakurai's stated rule of you know you know his rules for third-party characters is one they have to have originated in a video game two they have to have appeared on a nintendo platform at least once right and cloud has been in Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories for the Game Boy Advance. Right. He's been in Final Fantasy Theat Rhythm for the 3DS. But, you know, Final Fantasy VII has never been on Nintendo platform. That's true. Probably never will be. And Advent Children has never, like, shown up on any Nintendo platform. Right. And the version of Cloud that shows up in Smash Bros. is Final Fantasy VII Cloud with Advent Children Cloud as an alternate costume. Right. So, you know, I think think his inclusion following this rule set is a bit of a stretch, to be sure. Mm -hmm. But he's also, it's also very cool that he's in this game. Yes. And his implementation is awesome. I agree. He has that limit gauge Mm -hmm. that charges up and then it makes his special moves better. Right, right. Uh... And he's got that Omnis Slash as his final smash. Yeah, he's just really awesome. I hope he comes back. I guess I could kind of see him not coming back if Square Enix is just like, yeah, we don't really want to do that again. And Nintendo's like, that's fine. Yeah, but I hope that that doesn't happen. Yeah, because, yeah, I think it'd just be nice to have him in a game where I don't have to spend extra money on him. That's fair. Yeah, that'd be really cool. And it'd be a great opportunity to get more Final Fantasy representation because, as we've mentioned, the DLC characters did not get stuff like assist trophies or right or a, a lot of content added to Smash the way that Sonic and and these other things did. So it'd be great to, to have Cloud back in so we could see more Final Fantasy stuff in Smash 5. I think that'd be really fun. So there were a couple Smash 4 costumes. There weren't any assist trophies. Mm-hmm. One was a chocobo helmet uh for really anyone that wanted to wear it sure and the other was a gino costume for the me gunner right gino uh from super mario rpg now we did mention him in our mario episode Mm -hmm. and you know we agreed that like this is sort of the perfect thing for gino to be and he'll you know i don't think he'll ever be more playable than this yeah but that's that's a really cool inclusion for gino and I, Mm -hmm. i hope he comes back me too in that form yes um, so let's talk about new character discussion and like like Square Enix has the least previous representation of all the companies we've talked about in this episode. Right. But I think they've got like the most potential for new characters. Okay. So first, real quick, we've mentioned that I think that we'll never see more than one representative of a guest franchise being playable. Right. I think Final Fantasy could be the one exception to this. Sure, that makes sense. Because... Each Final Fantasy game is kind of its own franchise, really. Right. You know, like, it's not like... uh, I don't think that Cloud is playable and then we get Tifa, you know? Yeah. But I could see Cloud being playable and then we get Noctis or Lightning. Mm -hmm. 
right? More more likely Noctis at this current phase in, in Square Enix marketing. Sure. Uh, and, you know, he'd be a cool character with all those swords and stuff. I feel like they, they keep hinting that they want to put Final Fantasy XV on the Switch in some form, so he would eventually fulfill that technical rule. Right. But... I don't really think it's happening. Me neither. Noctis is already a guest character in Tekken 7. We already got that fighting game Noctis that we've been craving. Sure. It would be fine. Yeah, it would be fine with me if he did not show up in Smash. Yeah. I'd be all right with that. Yeah, he'd be a fun inclusion, but I don't think it's happening. So moving on to other Square IPs besides Final Fantasy, we got Chrono from Chrono Trigger. Yeah. That'd be a great retro rep. Yes. I would love him. He'd be a lot of fun. It'd be fun to see him in 3D. Yeah. Oh, man, it'd be really fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he'd he'd look like an Akira Toriyama character. That's true, but even so, it'd be yeah. that would be novel within Smash. Yes. And I I say that not as something I mind. Like I I think he would he would look great. I I guess for context sake, uh, Sean is is kind of salty about how much stuff that a Toriyama character design is in these games that he likes or is trying to like. I do. There is a certain degree of Akira Toriyama fatigue that I have going on for sure. Yeah. And that's not to say that I haven't appreciated a lot of his designs. He's done a lot of iconic stuff. But like, for instance, you know, this Dragon Ball fighting game recently came out, Dragon Ball Fighters, and just so many of the characters might as well be identical. <laughs> so many of the characters, like if you put, you know, Goku and Goku black in front of my mother, she would assume that they were exactly the same character. Right. Bar none. End of story. Yeah. Um, and so, so in that sense, hopefully you I can mean, see even, where I'm coming from. Even Goku and Vegeta, I think. Right. You exactly. Put them, you put them in front of her and she'd be like, Oh, Goku got angry. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Having said Ooh, that, Goku I got mean. Uh, having said that, I would really enjoy having Chrono in the game. I What's think that, Goku doing with that. I tail? think there's a lot of move set <laughs> potential and stuff like that. <laughs> Who's next? So here's here's a Square Enix character that is technically a Square Enix <laughs> character. Uh-huh. Lara Croft. <laughs> I just like so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She could be in the game, moves of potential, whatever. Immediately, the first thing that I think of is like that that horrible death that she can have in the Tomb Raider remake, where like a branch just goes oh. through her fucking Ooh. neck. Oh yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Like, like it's like a trailer for like Laura Croft, and then just cuts to that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, oh my god. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about Laura Croft being in this yeah, game. Yeah, no, I don't think it's very likely. But I think it's it's fun to mention that Square Enix has the right to Eidos and Crystal Dynamics and all mm-hmm. that. So stuff like Laura Croft, and you also got Adam Jensen from uh, from Deus Ex, you know. <laughs> but I don't think it's, it's really funny. Like I know you're just mentioning them offhand, but it is really funny to imagine Adam Jensen, <laughs> like like Mario is standing there, he's all cute and shit, and then Adam Jensen is just like half machine, <laughs> half man, tormented soul. I never asked horrible for this accident cameo. caused him to be disfigured, right? Like yeah, like Mar- Mario, I'm gonna kill you with my robot arm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know about that one. Yeah, I don't think I think Lara or Adam Jensen right. are likely. 
But they're technically <laughs> in the running. Sure, they they are within the broadly within the realm of possibility. Yeah, but no, they're they're not happening. Moving into more likely territory, we got Dragon Quest, right? Yeah. And I think there's two avenues they could do here. They could do the slime, right? The mascot of Dragon Quest, been sure. in every Dragon Quest game, mm-hmm. and even has got like a good amount of personality to them. You could use a lot of the stuff that Rocket from Dragon Quest Rocket Slime does. Mm-hmm. Uh that that DS game. Sure. Uh yeah, you could have a lot of that as Slime's moveset potential. And Slime could even do stuff like call in its various incarnations, like or even like do stuff <laughs> like turn into a metal slime for its down B or like uh or call in more slimes to sort of absorb and turn into King Slime and stuff. I think that'd be really fun. I yeah. think that's a fun character idea. Yeah. I I'm not going to predict it, but I could see it happening. Okay. Uh, the other Dragon Quest Avenue is just the Dragon Quest Eleven protagonist. That game came out on the 3DS in Japan, was mm-hmm. a big deal. It's getting a Switch version. So I think that's in their own possibility, but it's he's another sword fighter. Sure. I don't think there's much remarkable about that character from an outside perspective of someone that has not played the game yet. Mm-hmm. If I could choose any character from Dragon Quest to represent that franchise in Smash, I would choose Yangus from Dragon Quest Eight. Oh, that'd be who's fun. just this big beefy guy with this thick Cockney accent and like mm. a big club, and I would just want him to be like a heavy character, like a power character. I think that'd be really fun. Uh, that'd be awesome. And he was popular back when Dragon Quest Eight was a thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think he's likely these days. Not me either. Finally, Sora. That's the power of the Keyblade. (laughs) From Kingdom Hearts. And first off, I would really love this, actually. Me too. As we've hinted, but not like outright said throughout the episode, one thing I like to do is sort of, when I'm judging characters, there's three things I look at. Right. Uh, Relevance, popularity, and moveset potential. Known before and hereafter as the RPM triangle. Sean is the only one who calls it that. No one else needs to call it that. Not true. We've had fan mail where they've called it the triangle. You have also accidentally called it the triangle <laughs> on one occasion. We're and not, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. We're not going to talk about that. So, <laughs> so relevance, Kingdom Hearts 3 is around the corner. Yeah. that's That's about to come out. Popularity, Kingdom Hearts is a huge franchise, and Sora is a very popular character, beloved by many, I think. That is true. And moveset potential. Yeah, up he, the wazoo. Yeah, he could be this great combo character. Uh, he has so many gimmicks throughout so many games, you could really pick any of them. Mm-hmm. He could have like his reaction commands, or he could uh, have his various drive forms, yeah. where he suddenly gets two keyblades and does wacky stuff with that. That'd be a cool final smash for him. Actually, yeah, his val, yeah, his valor drive form, or really any of his drive forms, mm-hmm. being being a final smash. So I think Sora's a great pick. Obviously, the thing that maybe holds him back a bit is his connection to Disney. His very strong connection to Disney. <sighs> yeah, like you put Sora in the game, and then like, what are what are his like trophies going to be? What mm-hmm. what are his assist trophies going to be? Are are you just gonna have like Donald and Goofy in the game also like as right. like as like assists or or even like regular trophies? That doesn't seem like it could slide probably. Yeah, and then like all and then all these logistics sort of clog things up for Sora. And here's what I have to say about that. First of all, Sora is a DLC character for World of Final Fantasy. Okay, he shows up without any other Disney stuff, right? And functions just fine without it. Okay, so. 
I think even without using any Disney stuff, they could do it. And they might not even have to ask Disney to do it because clearly... Like it's Square Enix that has the rights yeah, to like, Sora. Yeah, it, it seems that way because mm-hmm. Sora was in World of Final Fantasy. So either Square Enix owns the rights to Sora or Disney is lenient enough with the joint rights that they have to Sora that they let Square Enix put him in whatever. Sure. So there's that. I think on top of that, I think there's potential. I think there's potential for Disney to be okay with this and maybe even let them use Donald and Goofy like okay. for some Smash content. You know, like, this is more of a stretch. This is farther uh, from the realm of possibility. But I think there's still sort of a scenario in which this could happen. And I might talk about the scenario next week. Okay. But for now, I'm just going to say... I'm predicting Sora. Wow. Sora is going to be a Smash 5 character. Okay. I think I think Sora is a really big deal right now. Mm-hmm. I think everyone knows who Sora is. He's had plenty of Nintendo history. Sure. And just what a what a cool character that would be. What a cool reveal that would be. I think it'd be really hard for people to not get excited about that and I think Nintendo's aware of that. Well, I hope that you're right. I think that he'd be a really cool character with or sans Donald and Goofy and other Disney characters. Yeah. So, uh, bosses. There were no bosses per se, but several Final Fantasy summons show up as stage hazards on the stage that we're about to talk about. Right. So, if they forego that mechanic, it'd be really fun to see, like, Bahamut just, like, as a boss in a (laughs) subspace emissary style mode. That'd be really neat. Yeah. Can you think of any fun square bosses that you'd like to see? Um, I mean, you know, I think there are a lot of really fun and iconic bosses throughout yeah. Square's history. Yeah. The one that immediately comes to mind is that if you're going to have Cloud in there, you know, it would make sense to throw Sephiroth in there. Yeah. I'm not super jazzed by Sephiroth as a character, but yeah. it'd be fun to be able to play out that showdown in Smash. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I think that's cool. Thanks. So let's move on to stages. Okay. So we just mentioned that Final Fantasy does have a stage, and that is the Midgar stage. Right. It's really cool. You just sort of, you fight on a platform with Midgar in the background, just mm-hmm. that big old factory city. Sure. A really iconic, cool look. And uh, while you fight on the stage, summons show up. You can you can collect summon stones or something while you're on that stage. Okay. And eventually, uh, and eventually summons show up and just wreck shit. And it's it's neat. It's a neat stage. Cool. I like it. I kind of hope it comes back. So as far as new stages, there's a couple of Final Fantasy VII takes that they haven't done yet in Smash okay. that I'd like to see. One is the Gold Saucer as a stage. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah, like you could even just like play out like like just several Gold Saucer minigames are playable within the stage. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have like slot machines in one area. You could have like chocobo racers that run through the stage and knock you around. Yeah, There's yeah. A lot of cool stuff you could do. Yeah, that'd be really fun. The other take is Sid Highwind's airship, the Highwind. Sure. Where like it flies around and it lands in different parts of the Final Fantasy VII world map. Mm-hmm. And you basically get a Final Fantasy VII traveling stage that way. That'd be cool. I think yeah. you could even do, if you felt like being really out there, Kind of a high wind stage where somehow he's traveling to the worlds of different Final Fantasy games. Ha! You know, kind of like a Final Destination thing where, like, you go through, like, a portal or something, and then suddenly you're in, like, the world of balance from Final Fantasy VI. And then mm. suddenly you're in, like, the castle from Final Fantasy IV. 
I think there's a lot of neat stuff you could do with that. That's really cool. I just imagine like every incarnation of Sid from every Final Fantasy game just <laughs> fighting over the steering wheel. That would be great. <laughs> oh, that'd be really great. Oh, that's really stupid, but I kind of I, I kind of like it. Me I, too. I dig it. Last stage idea for me, because we're talking about Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. There, there's there's a few different stages that could work without even bringing Disney into all this. Sure. Uh, I think the best stage would probably be Destiny Islands as a stage. Okay, I just, like that idea. Yeah, just have that great, like, island look, mm-hmm. you know? Have, like, rafts as platforms and stuff. You, you can have, even... like, Waka and Tidus running around in the background. Yes, yeah, and Selfie, yeah. Yeah, that'd, that'd be great. You could also do uh, Traverse Town sure. or Twilight Town. Those would be fine stages. Hollow Bastion would be a cool stage. What I would actually do um, if I had to pick a Kingdom Hearts stage would just be the sort of Destati stage where you're like standing, like the tutorial stage, right? Where you're standing oh. on those kind of like stained glass ooh. portraits ooh, 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 and ooh. running through the stairs and you know, like you get a Heartless show up. Uh, that's what I would go for. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That, that'd be neat. Yeah, I'm into it. Cool. So as far as items, Final Fantasy didn't get uh, any items, and Square didn't either. Right. A large. Um, it'd be fun, actually, if like the slime was an assist trophy. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all I got. So my idea is that uh, you'd be able to get like like the Mithril sword or like the Vorpal sword from Final Fantasy 1, and it would just mm. be like an 8-bit sword. Ah. You'd grab it, and then when you'd go to attack it, you'd kind of do the, like, like really kind of like 8-bit like jerky attack animation. Oh. It would just blow people away. That's awesome. I really like that. Good idea. Thanks. I can always count on you for fun item ideas. Thank you. All right, so, soundtrack. There's we, so much good shit. Yeah, we, we, talked, about, <laughs> we talked about how Namco, and especially Capcom, just gave Nintendo uh, full reins over their soundtrack stuff. Right. The Midgar stage has two tracks. <laughs> Let the Battles Begin, which is the normal Final Fantasy VII theme, mm-hmm. uh, normal Final Fantasy VII battle theme, and Fight On, which is the Final Fantasy VII boss battle theme. Right. Both of them are ripped straight from the game. <laughs> the end. Ah, oh, brother. Yeah. Come on, Square Enix. So I, I wonder if like they just didn't really have the time to get those right. remixes together. Um, We've got Yoko Shimomura over here. Just tell her to do some, like, say, like, you can pick whatever Square Enix songs you want, <laughs> Yoko Shimomura, and then just do whatever you want with them, and you'll get really good stuff. Yeah, really a shame, and one that they need to rectify yeah. when Cloud comes back. For sure. Along with Sora. Uh, so here's some track ideas. They really need to remix that Chocobo theme. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Iconic, great. I'd love if they just pulled from Final Fantasy games that weren't 7 like, I love Final Fantasy XIII's battle theme. I don't love much else about <laughs> Final Fantasy XIII, but I do love that battle theme. That da 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 yeah, yeah, good stuff. Oh man, we yeah. uh, we have we have slightly divergent opinions on Final Fantasy XIII. This is not the podcast to discuss those opinions, <laughs> but one area where we agree is that that battle theme is fucking great, and yeah. I would love for it to be included. It really is, and I don't hate Final Fantasy XIII, but I do think it's one of the weaker Final Fantasy games. That's not unfair. Yeah, they should really just stick some Chrono music in there because yes. Chrono Trigger. And Chrono Cross have some of the best video game soundtracks of all time. Yeah. I'm very partial to uh, Too Far Away Times, which is the credits theme for Chrono Trigger. Good stuff. Yeah, just really love that theme. 
and I will take any excuse to ask for that to get remixed again. I'm just down for lots of Chrono Trigger slash Cross music getting thrown into Smash. Yeah. Even if Chrono isn't in there. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Please just put it in. Yeah, just toss it in like wholesale, you know? You don't even need to remix it. Yeah. But if you remix it, I will love you. Yeah. And finally, Kingdom Hearts just has a bomb-ass soundtrack. It does. Um, Not only can you get a lot of great Yoko Shimamura stuff in there, but just make sure to put every Utada Hikaru song in there you can. Yes. Especially simple and clean. It's the way that you're making me feel tonight. It's hard to let it go. Hold me. That was the big (laughs) (laughs) So, listener mail. Yes. So... Moon Medic 99 says, since everyone's talking about characters, I'm going to bring up some stages. Okay. Because why not? Sure. Why not? For Square, I would love to see a classic NES or Super Nintendo Final Fantasy battle somehow incorporated into Smash. <laughs> Maybe where there's an interactive menu you can jump around in and stuff. Oh, Where hitting cool. the attack option would cause a character to come in and attack the players. I haven't played much of Final Fantasy, so this is all I got, lol. I do like that idea a lot, actually. I think that's really neat. Yeah. I love the idea of, like, you know, like the boss casts a spell and you have to kind of dodge around the old pixelated spell animation. I think there's a lot of neat things you could do there. Yeah, just fighting on a Final Fantasy, like, NES battle menu. Great idea. Great shit. Um, thanks, Moon Medic. Yeah, thanks, Moon Medic 99. I guess if you were born in 99, you'd be 19 right now. Oh, that's so weird. Congratulations on being a legal adult, even though you were born in the year 1999. I think Moon Medic 99 has uh, submitted something to us in a previous episode, and you also commented on their age in that one. It's still pretty weird. <laughs> has not been less weird in the interim. Thanks, Moon Medic 99. You stay adulty. Who's next, Daniel? <laughs> Finally, James M. says, Square Enix, Gino and Mallow, great Super Mario RPG characters that fans would like to see again. Even assist trophies would be cool. Sure. Uh, which is cool. I, I like that, that Mallow shout out. No one ever talks about Mallow. <laughs> Always true. Gino, never Mallow. And uh, James M. also says, Moogle. A Moogle is iconic with mm-hmm. several game appearances. Also, I think a Moogle would fit in with other Smash characters pretty well. Have a good show, James M. Oh, thanks, James. And yeah, I agree. Um, I think in particular, Moogle has a lot of moveset potential. Yes. Because they're just so weird and quirky that you just feel like they can do anything. You know, they could do kind of like call out to like Final Fantasy history, like kind of just like pull random stuff from the different games because they're yeah. kind of like trans game, you know? Yeah, yeah. Characters. Yeah, they um, they go throughout the, the exactly. franchise. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you could do a lot of neat stuff with Moogles. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, Moogle would be great. I think the one thing holding it back for me is that Moogle is very much like sort of a cute mascot character. Uh-huh. And I already have other cute mascot characters in mind for third-party representation i see that i think are more likely than the moogle and i i do think that sakura likes to sort of balance stuff out like you know like i i think we'll we'll get a good especially of the third-party reps i think we'll get a good mix of cute characters cool characters and funny characters nice so actually like in this mix we like we actually got a funny character in phoenix Wright, a cool character in sora and actually another cool character in Heihachi. Um, 
But that's Bummer, why we got to take Heihachi off. Of yeah, there. but Bummerman over in Konami is a cute character. That's true. And I there there will be more balance, I think, in my ideas for part three. Okay. But anyway, yeah, a cool idea nonetheless. Thank you, James M. Yes. A lot of really great picks from everybody. And thank you always to everyone for sending in your mail. We do read all of them. There was a lot of mail for this one. Oh, yes. Uh, but a lot of just really amazing ideas. Thank you for sending them in. And keep sending them in because we love reading them. And whenever we see something we like, we, we will do our best to get it on the show. Absolutely. I always really look forward to the portion of the show where we kind of take a look into our digital mailbag and see what's going on in there. So thanks so much, everybody, for writing. I'm glad we have so many people who enjoy listening to the podcast because I know that we both enjoy making it for you. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so here is my predicted roster so far. Oh, boy. In the Mario episode, I predicted Mario, Luigi, Peach, Bowser, Rosalina, Bowser Jr., Captain Toad, and Paper Mario. Right. In Mario spinoffs, I predicted Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, Yoshi, and Wario. In Zelda, I predicted Link, Zelda, Sheik, Ganondorf, Toon Link, and Urbosa. Sean predicted Midna instead of Urbosa. Yeah, I did. In the Sakurai's Babies episode, I predicted Kirby, Meta Knight, King DDD, Waddle Dee. Sean predicted Marks instead of Waddle Dee. Pit, Palutena, and Dark Pit. Woo! <laughs> In the sci-fi episode, I predicted Captain Olimar, Ness, Lucas, Shulk, and Rex with Pira and Mithra. Good calls. <laughs> In... In the McClouds episode, I I just see, like, like Sean just disintegrating on the other <laughs> side of the table. It's been a very long night for him. It has, but we're almost there. In the McClouds episode, we got Fox, Falco, Wolf, and Captain Falcon. Show me your moves. In the Rough Housing episode, I predicted Villager and Little Mac. Good stuff. In the Retro Revivals episode, I predicted Ice Climbers, Duck Hunt, and Scapon. In Third Parties Part 1, I predicted Sonic, Bayonetta, and Bomberman. I'm excited for Bomberman, so I hope you're right. And here in Third Parties Part 2, my predictions are Mega Man, Ryu, Phoenix Wright, Pac-Man, Heihachi, Cloud, and Sora. I'm impressed with that Sora pick. That's a bold pick. I, you know, I, I just got a feeling about that one. Like, I'm, okay. there's some of these picks I'm like, mm, I don't know, but I think the Sora pick's going to pay off. I just got, I got a feeling he might show up at launch. He might be a DLC character when people request him a lot and Nintendo notices, but I think I got a good feeling about Sora. All right. Well, we'll see. All right. So if you're wondering where else you can find us. I've got another podcast called Play This with my best bud, Max Lando. He and I recommend video games to each other and then have really in-depth discussions about them. Uh, episodes are usually about as long as this one. <laughs> uh, this, this one's a big, meaty episode, but you can expect that level of discussion in every episode of Play This. We really get into it. It's a lot of fun. We recently did a Life is Strange episode. And by now, uh, Play This listeners know that our next episode is going to be about Psychonauts, which I know people can get pretty nuts about. Pretty nuts about. Oh, nice, Sean. Yeah. So I am a listener of Play This, of course, because it's, uh, you know, it's done by two very good friends of mine. I have to say, I think that an issue that I tend to have with a lot of gaming-centric podcasts is that they can be kind of like 
kind of like cringy, you know, and like mm-hmm. meme and just a little bit a little bit too out there for me to relate to. And so I really appreciate about play this kind of the depth and the intelligence that Daniel and Max bring to their discussions of video games. I think that uh, it's a really great angle for a video game podcast. And if you haven't listened to it, I absolutely encourage you to Um, really, really great stuff. Oh, thank you, Sean. Of course. What you got, Sean? Oh, let me tell you. First of all, if you enjoy watching YouTube videos featuring a guy playing through video games and uh, and you also enjoy listening to my voice, I am a guy who you can listen to play video games with my voice and the games on the screen. If you if you go to YouTube and you put in RE Chief, you will find my channel and uh Got a lot of good stuff on there. I've recently finished um, a Let's Play, a fully voiced blind Let's Play of an Ace Attorney game that you can only get in Japan right now. I uh, played through the translated version. I also have an Undertale Let's Play going on. Uh, That project has been on a bit of a hiatus because in the middle of recording that, I got a full-time job. However, it is my ambition to continue that series, so definitely catch up on it, you know, kind of check out what's been on there so far. If, on the other hand, you are a larger small business or just someone who really enjoys the craft of voice acting and you'd like to commission me or hire me for a voice acting project, you can go to soundcloud.com forward slash re underscore chief. Uh, to check out my demo reel or for any business-related inquiries, you can always email me at seandanielfrancis at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N, Daniel, F-R-A-N-C-I-S at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to work something out. Yeah, definitely do it. This guy's talented as hell, and he's he's mostly just using his voice to sing theme songs from old anime on this podcast (laughs) you know you said old anime and the first thing that came into my mind was ducktales woo which is not an anime (laughs) my favorite anime (laughs) ducktales that scrooge mcduck is sugoi huey-kun you can't steal my money (laughs) that's that's how it would go (laughs) okay yep Next time on The Smashing Theory, Third Parties Part 3, where we're covering any franchise from a company that hasn't had a playable character in Smash Bros. yet. Ooh, you guys are going to go crazy with the comments. Oh, yeah. We are opening the floodgates, my friend. I'm pumped. Yeah, if if we have not covered them in these past two episodes, then they are fair game to be predicted in next week's episode. I know that you guys have unrepresented third-party companies you'd like to see in Smash. So please send us your predictions. You can tweet them at a smashing theory on Twitter or email them to a smashing theory at gmail.com. And boy, we're excited for this episode. It might be even longer than the one we just did. Oh my god. But we're we're going to power through and then after that, we're going to do a pre-E3 prediction episode where we just predict what we think Nintendo's E3 conference is going to be like, and we're excited about that. Yeah. Uh, And then, then we all get to see what the heck is going on with this game, and I'm so excited. Me too. 
I'm so excited. Like all the speculation and we get to see the game in two weeks. I hope that you're looking forward to it as much as Daniel and I am. So thanks everybody for listening. And until next time, I hope that you have a smashing time. Is your new goal to just sound like you're pooping as much as possible? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.